The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, Week 16, almost in the books. My goodness, the NFL season coming to a close. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It'll be a super friend show as we recap Sunday's Week 16 action. Jason Garrett, Curb Your Enthusiasm, on the bus, all that fun stuff. Uh, real quickly, here's the plan for the week ahead. We will have our Packers and Vikings preview for Monday night. With our pal Jared Dubin. Then we'll also talk to Jason Lockenfora. That podcast will be up on Monday afternoon. So, you know, if you're out at lunch, driving to go get your, uh, maybe, maybe you left some Chick-fil-A in your fridge at home. You're going to reheat it for lunch. Drive home and get it. You can listen to that podcast then. Uh, we will have a Monday night recap with the Super Friends. We will also talk to Jonathan Jones, who is at Pat's Bills and Eagles Cowboys. So that'll be up on Christmas Eve. Um, and then we have some pre-recorded stuff for you over the holidays because we also want to see our families. And, uh, I believe we have one, two, three, four, yeah, four, um, yeah, denominationally, it didn't work out very well for us to skip, uh, Christmas. So we will have a holiday mailbag. It's 90 minutes, a 90 minute holiday mailbag that will be released on Christmas day. If you're traveling, get ready to download that. It'll be awesome. It, it is high comedy. It's a super friend show. Um, Thursday. The day after Christmas will be a specialty Hall of Fame debate podcast with myself, Ryan Wilson, and Sean Wagner, McGuff. Uh, and then Friday, we will have our normal picks episode. Reminder, you can go to YouTube.com slash CBS Sports and check out our Week 17 look-ahead lines. We've been actually kind of hot on those. Like We've been giving a lot of good CLV, if you will, Ryan Wilson. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, do you know what CLV means? Does anybody know what CLV means? Cover the line. <laughs> no, Sean. Reach, got a guess? Reach is good. Um, I do not have a guess, Brinson. I just want everyone to know, everyone to know that I'm not in the Hall of Fame podcast because you guys kicked me off because I kept naming Bengals players. That you were coming true. back from Vegas celebrating uh, your, you, your sister's birthday. He tried to get on drunk and he came on. Ken Anderson! Ken Anderson! <laughs> Boomer Esiason! Jim Breach! I would put... Ooh, how would you rank your favorite? I would say Boomer is my number one favorite Bengal. Jim Breach probably two. I mean, Jim Breach is my favorite Breach, but he's not my favorite Bengal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would I'm, say Ken Anderson was my favorite growing up. I've told 
Jim and John Breach. I was a huge Bengals fan in the early 80s because they only showed very few national television uh, televised games in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, I like Jim Breach. I know who he was because I played soccer and I, I used to like to kick. And later on, I can't believe you didn't mention this, Icky Woods. I'm really more of a Greg Cook guy myself. But. Uh, you just looked that up, but he didn't play very long. Nice try. Play one year. <laughs> I don't think I guy, have a favorite Bengal. Um, we'll be yeah, talking about the Bengals the whole lead up to the NFL draft, and I know that no one listening wants to hear us talk about the Bengals. So I'll, I am going to let us skip forward. I won't even keep you on the Bengals. I don't even know who my favorite Bengal would be. What does CLV stand for? You just said the it was closing what? line value. Boom. All right. What happened? So the line opens on Sunday, and then you know by the time the, the closing line is the what the last line is when it, when the when the game starts, the game kicks off. Um, you always want to get the best of the line. So like you know we said get the get the Redskins plus eleven. You'd much rather have the Redskins plus eleven than the Redskins plus nine and a half. You know what I mean? Got gotcha you smart. Now. If you're gonna set your money on fire, you better be smart about it. I've known you uh, for twelve years, and I finally learned something from you. Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, speaking of 12 years, that's roughly how long Jason Garrett's been employed by the Cowboys, and it might only be about 10 days more, maybe less. The Cowboys lost to the Eagles. Devo, go ahead and turn that mic on. How you feeling, buddy? Cowboys I- lose to the Eagles by a score of 17 to 9, a real barn burner in Philadelphia. Dallas no-showed it. What's, uh, you knew it was going to happen. We talked about it, right? You, you thought Carson, the boys are going to go or take, take a stand and just win, right? How you feeling? Fully confident. I feel fantastic. Normally I'm pretty even keel. I'm pretty low key, but to beat Dallas, I realize it's eight and seven, but to beat Dallas in this fashion feels awesome. Uh, a rousing speech from Debo. <laughs> but Debo, how, how confident, how confident are you that they beat the Giants next week? Insanely confident. They will Thank beat you. the Giants the by three touchdowns. He just dunked on you, Sean. You kept oh. talking smack about how the Giants are going to win that game. Somewhere. They're now they're now Ryan's Eagles, too, apparently. That's right. Check out the uh, <laughs> live YouTube picks show where I'm now on the Eagles bandwagon. Fun fact, right. Brent, when the uh, It's not Eagles a live Steelers, show. When the Eagles and Steelers joined forces, I think in the 30s, they were called the Steagles. So there you go. Something. And that's Ryan's new What are you name. talking about? Well, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan would know. He, he was like 15 around that time, so. What? Is that, that, that is it real? 1933. Yeah, that, was, that was not in the spirit of Christmas, Sean. Taking a shot at Ryan like that. Thank you, John. Jerk, man. Uh, I'm trying to look and see. I know I had the Eagles as one of my best bets. Oh, I had the Bengals, too, and the Chargers. Lame. Oh, my God. Went you had the Chargers? Yeah, I thought the I thought the Raiders were gonna be. I thought the Raiders would have a difficult time bouncing back from that heartbreaking uh, thing. Anyway, Eagles were oh, one quickly, of my. Listen, I, just, I looked it up quickly. 1943, during the war, the Steelers and the Pittsburgh uh, and the, the Eagles joined forces for the Steagles. The teams were forced to merge because both had lost many players to military service during World War II. So I'm not lying. So they actually called themselves the Steagles. That's kind of hilarious. Uh, well, the uh, you know what. Nope, it's also not, hilarious that I was Ryan call it referred, the Kegels, but I don't think that's appropriate for the podcast. Uh, Ryan referred to the war like he was alive for it, like Sean just said. War. <laughs> you're just sticking up for me. I, well, I mean, now you're just bearing yourself. Uh, well, all right, so, let's go war. All right, so what do we think? Uh, there's a bunch of clips, and by the way, hilarious scene. Um, Breach, tell us what happened after the game to the Cowboys who lost. Look, the Cowboys were pathetic. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't throw downfield. Um, 
they ran an option play. I swear to God, you pick five of the biggest moments in the Cowboys season, and they ran a damn option play. And like, like running the option. You got Zeke Elliott. You got Dak Prescott. You got Michael Gallup. You got Amari Cooper. You put Amari on the bench. You're running an option play. It's pathetic. What happened to him after the game, Breach? And then after the game, and what perfectly epitomized the whole entire day for the Cowboys, their offense couldn't move the ball because it malfunctioned. Well, guess what else malfunctioned? Their plane, their charter flight home. They couldn't get back to Dallas. They literally, they took their showers. They got on their team buses to go to the airport. They get the phone call that, hey, uh, your chartered flight can't take off because it's having mechanical issues. So what do they do? They sit on their bus at the stadium for three hours. I'm sure you guys have been there where you stuck on a bus for three hours. This is just like the nightmare night that won't end for the Cowboys. There are multiple reports out there, one of them saying that the Cowboys are going to have to bring in a smaller plane and leave part of their traveling party in Philadelphia to take a later flight. Imagine being stuck there. And so this team, the game ended about 7.15 Eastern time. They finally got on the plane around 11 p.m. Eastern time. They're not going to be back to Dallas till about 2.30 Central. I hope, you know, that would have been the perfect time for Jerry Jones to fire Jason Garrett, that three extra hours, but it didn't happen. Uh, you know what else Jason Garrett could have done? Could have taken an Uber. Jason Garrett had to go take an Uber home. See, all y'all talking that stuff. Everybody over there, let's go. That's Brandon Graham yelling about Jason Garrett taking an Uber. <laughs> I actually don't know if he meant that about the plane situation or just about Jason Garrett's got to take an Uber home because he lost the game and the Cowboys. I got to tell you, though. You the, lost over the most important thing to happen in four months of us covering football. You actually played a clip that fit, made sense, and we could hear it. Way and, to go. And it was good. You ruined it. Was it. Great. And you ruined it. And you ruined the seamless transition. Damn it. We had to acknowledge it. You did a great job. Thank you. The, uh, I finally realized I could just play him in Slack instead of downloading him and open him up in QuickTime. Um, the, uh, it only takes 16 weeks, baby. Um, the, uh, the Cowboys thing with the plane is a perfect metaphor for their season. This high priced, magnificent piece of well built technology, you know, money pumped into it. You've designed this thing. It's going to be a sleek flying machine. It's going to cruise at high speed. It's going to dominate the skies. And then it doesn't work because the guy you put in charge of flying it is an incompetent moron who can't even get the freaking thing off the ground. That's a cowboy season in a nutshell. Jason Garrett and Des Bryant called him out for this when he quote tweeted somebody. Like when you start to think about how he's the number of primes he's wasted, it's crazy. He's wasted Tony Romo's prime. I don't know if he's wasted Jason, Jason Witten's prime, um, DeMarco Murray's prime, Ezekiel Elliott's prime, uh, Tyron Smith's prime, Zach Martin's prime, Des Bryant's prime, Amari Cooper's prime, all of these great players that he's had on this fundamentally idiotic team that never overachieves, ever. It's unbelievable. Uh, Ed Werder tweeted this out uh, at 9.22, um, on Sunday, so the Cowboys are sitting on the runway at that point, too, I would imagine. Here's what Werder tweeted. Amari Cooper seemed to question the coaching staff for his ineffectiveness. When I asked his explanation, Cooper talked about all the short routes he ran and then said, quote, I feel like the go ball was a good route to run tonight, and we didn't really get to it, end quote. Amari Cooper was targeted 12 times. Talk about inefficient. 12 targets. He got four passes for 24 yards, so he was averaging two yards per target in this game. And Even Derek Carr thinks that's terrible. And there's a lot of 
Look, I think obviously the Cowboys' offensive performance probably sticks out the most because we always talk every single week about how this Eagles' secondary is so susceptible and teams should be able to pick them apart. Um, and I thought Dak really did not look like himself. And obviously there was that shoulder injury that was reported all week, and it certainly looked like his shoulder was bothering him. But I thought what was really disappointing to me was even their defensive effort. And I know they only give up 17 points, and it's tough to blame the defense when you give up less than 20 in a game. But the Cowboys had to know coming into this game that the Eagles have no healthy wide receivers and that they got to shut down the tight ends and the running backs. And you then look, the entire Eagles offensive approach was short, quick passes to the tight ends and to the running backs. Dallas Goddard had nine catches for 91 yards and Sanders had five catches for 77 yards. And the Cowboys just had no answer for that. And you had to know that is how they were going to attack it. And the Cowboys defense flies under the radar because we always talk about the offense and the play calling. This defense was supposed to be a top 10, top five unit potentially, and they have not played anything close to that. I mean, look, I said on the picks podcast before in, in any radio hit or whatever, and I wrote it down. It's like the Cowboys have a bunch of injured linebackers. The Eagles are obviously going to attack with their tight ends underneath and with their running backs in the passing game. And like, I don't know if I know that maybe the Cowboys should know that. I, I it's, it's pretty crazy. It was what was weird is like every pass. It felt like that Carson Wentz made was Dallas Goddard running like a three step route and then just turning around and like catching a really short pass. Like, any time they wanted it, it was there. They didn't have to stretch the field or anything. I mean, their top receiver was Greg Ward, five targets, four catches, 71 yards, and then J.J. Arthega, Whiteside. Uh, I love how Joe Buck pronounces it, by the way. He's like, J.J. Arthega, Whiteside. Um, he had uh, two catches on two targets for 39 yards. Zach Ertz, six, catches, six targets, four catches, 28 yards. He got hurt and left the game for a little while. I mean, the, the Cowboys just had no – it was crazy, man. They did. They had – Nothing on defense and nothing on offense. Zeke ran 13 times for 47 yards. Dak, I, I think you're right, Sean, that clearly his uh, his shoulder was bothering him. He just wasn't right. And it just you could tell from the get-go this, the Eagles were going to win this game. Like, it never felt like the Cowboys. I mean, even when they got within eight late in the game, it never felt like they were going to muster anything of substance to try and win the game. And it's where the Cowboys go through these phases where – this game for me, it felt like their offense. I, I didn't think they were going to be able to score any points after about two possessions. So it felt like if the Eagles got the 17, they were going to win. And, and it, I don't know how the Cowboys always go through phases like this. Because, look, we watched them put up 44 points on the Rams last week. And not that things translate from week to week. But I don't think anyone in the world thought the Cowboys were going to be held to single-digit points this week even if Cooper Rush was out there I thought they would have scored at least two touchdowns if Dak Prescott's shoulder was bad but it's been happening all season they scored single digits against the Patriots they only scored 10 points against the Saints so they just go out there and they lay these eggs and usually it's against a good team I don't know where the Eagles fall in that spectrum of good teams I don't want to offend Debo uh I don't think they're a great team but we could say they're a slightly... the worst playoff team oh uh, yeah oh easily even if the Raiders sneak into the playoffs, the Eagles are still the worst playoff team. Eh, now you're insulting Diva. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's just amazing how this offense disappears. Even if the Cowboys make the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl, which, you know, very, very long shot, 1% stuff, there is no way. I don't know how you can justify keeping this coaching staff around. They just, every week, I feel like we have the same conversation about how the Cowboys got outcoached. Uh, they didn't know what they were doing. And we have Brinson here 
of all people who knew exactly what the Eagles were going to do. He could have been the Cowboys defensive coordinator. The final score of this game might have been nine to six Dallas. So it's just unbelievable that they get just out thunk. It's, it's, it is wild that we're not even like, I know D, like on the rundown, D, was like, how long does Jason Garrett have? I mean, it, it is Dang. simply a matter of what day it, you're listening to the so, podcast. That's, yeah, that's I mean, basically, well, I mean, I mean, like it does, like he, I don't, I would be very surprised. We talked about this a little bit before the show, but I don't think he'll be fired on Monday, Sunday night, unless, unless like, because they can still get in. And his whole thing yeah. has been, I think we can make a run if we get in. So I just don't think it does, makes sense to make a change as long as they have a shot to make. I, I would, I would agree. It doesn't make any sense to fire Jason Garrett after that game. Like at least like give him the last week. Well, and just let me say that his contract expires, so there won't be a firing. And so I don't think it will happen even within the 24 hours after the last game. I think there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, Jerry's talking about it. Even if they plan to get rid of him, I think we'll see a few days before we they have an announcement that says, hey, Jason Garrett's not coming back. I don't think it's something that's going to happen in the hours after that final game against the Redskins. Well, all right, so just so people are clear, if the Eagles beat the Giants in Week 17 and the Eagles are five-point favorites in New York, the Eagles win the division, they go to the playoffs, and the Cowboys are eliminated. If the Eagles lose to the Giants and the Cowboys beat the Redskins as 10-point favorites, the Cowboys win the division. And if they both lose, the Eagles also win the division at 8-8, eight and eight, which is really the best-case scenario for everybody except for Debo because then he has to live through the sweat of a um, – of a four hour, you know, debacle against the, like, like watching the Cowboys try to lose the Redskins. And the whole thing could be magnificent. Um, I, I that's, a, that's an interesting point, Breach. I actually think if they lose, I think if they lose to the, if they lose to the Redskins and the Eagles lose, then I would almost guarantee that we get a, a release, like maybe like a fiery release from Jerry Jones that night or maybe the next morning. I think either way they're going to be like, We've decided to, you know, we decided not to renew Jason Garrett's contract. They'll do him a solid. They're not going to like because he needs time because he's going to want to be going for openings on other people's staff. So like Where he's he going to want it. That's my he next. Gonna the, the Giants were reported about maybe wanting to bring him in. So like it's that was Jason you know, Garrett. Agent. The NFL I mean, just recycles coaches all the time. Like he, you'll be an assistant somewhere. I would bet for well, sure, a hundred percent. Yeah. Look, look I, I've been saying be this. Assistant. I've been saying this a lot the last few days. I really think this is true. I think. What you're going to see in this head coaching cycle, because of sort of, not, I don't want to call it the failure of the McVay tree, but like the, you know, the, these, like Matt LaFleur's got the Packers at 11 and 3, but no one's like, oh, you know, his offense is just, you know, re, like reinvigorating Aaron Rodgers. Um, Zach Taylor, we see what's happening in Cincinnati. It's a disaster. Uh, Sean McVay missing the playoffs. I think you're going to see people sort of, the, it's, it's the ex-girlfriend theory. They're going to go back towards like, McCarthy. The stable, the stable what they know. McCarthy, Rivera, Jim Caldwell was mentioned by JLC this morning. That's Ryan's boy. Um, maybe the Lions will rehire uh, Jim Caldwell. I think I, I would not, not be surprised at all if Jason Garrett was a head coach in the NFL next year. I would well, be. First, let me a couple things. Before, let, know, before you answer, would you take him or Freddie Outhouse? Stop it. Come on. No, dead serious. I'd take a monkey dressed up as Freddie Outhouse before I took the actual Freddie Outhouse. I'm gonna take. Why would I take Freddie Kitchens? Right. So, but I was saying, like, like if you're the Browns, you're like, you know what? He's not getting fired. I wouldn't. That. That's. Okay. A, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm just. Yeah. Saying. Let me tell you this. So, Stephen O, our guy at Sportsline, you talked about the the chances of the Eagles winning and the Giants winning. He has the chance of Dallas winning and Philly losing in Week 17, 24.5 percent. So, 75 and a half percent chance that the Eagles are winning the division. You gonna say something? 
Me? Oh, I, oh, I, was, I was muting it so I could sniffle very loud. Oh, sorry. Um, All right. So I, I, w- I would say though that if that if the Eagles lose to the uh, Giants, then Doug Peterson should be fired too. Stop it. <laughs> That's crazy talk. Who um, are you hiring? Those fans hate him. Hiring Jason Garrett then? He's hiring yeah, fired. Obviously. <laughs> so listen, uh, there's also a chance there's only like five openings too. So there are only five openings. What? Eh, maybe we, we'll, yeah. we'll get to we'll get to those. Keep keep on keep on. So okay, so Carolina has an opening. Oh, no, we. We're going to talk about every single team in the NFL. Oh, okay. So I won't get into that. But I, yeah, I don't think Jason Garrett. I don't think Jason Garrett's getting a job. Is what I was going to get to. We can talk about that later. Then, fair enough. I, yeah. No, I mean, I I just think that if there are six or seven openings, and you got one McCarthy, one Rivera, if Josh McDaniels takes one, that's a different story. But like, there's not a ton of like. I mean, Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski, Robert Sala, Eric um, B. Enemy, Eric B. Enemy has been mentioned. That's right. Um. Bill's offensive coordinator. Why am I? Ron Dayball. Um, Greg Roman. Yeah. Wink Martindale. I mean, there's some guys. I mean, yes, there are human beings who could be head coaches. Who are much more qualified based on what they've done recently than Jason Garrett's qualifications, or at least productivity. Dude, John Fox got back, like, immediately got head coaching jobs after getting fired. This is why I I think it might take a year off. Like, McCarthy, you forget how toxic that was. Like, it was so toxic that the Packers actually fired him in December when they very well could could have. He won a Super Bowl with them. Give him the end of the year. Don't fire him in the middle of the year. But he was so toxic at that point, like, his reputation. And now he's certainly going to get a head coaching job, it feels like. So I think that— it is not he certain. Wants to, he wants one, he'll get one. Although, I mean, that he is, is not doing, a certainty. He is doing that. He is doing that. Like you know, he had like like Tom Pelissero up to his house. Like, hey, Tom, yeah, just hanging out, real relaxed. Mike McCarthy here, enjoying time off with the family. You know, doing coaching stuff. Just sitting here with Joe Field and looking over some film. Uh, good stuff. I mean, like everybody, like, McCarthy's a good dude, and he's a you nice see the video guy. Ended though. Uh, was he? He was crying. My family needs football. They need me to coach. That's how it ended. Well, yeah. and it's, My it's wife funny because out of the house. Isn't I it? feel like all these coaches are coming out of the woodwork to make sure general managers and the decision makers know they're out there. You know, we saw Jeff Fisher. He's tweeting out videos of him feeding his dogs, just saying, hey, look, guys, I'm here. I don't want to be feeding my dogs. I would rather be coaching and you can hire me. And that's that's what the Mike McCarthy thing kind of felt like. I'm willing to run the wishbone formation. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, I, these guys are not certainties, so I, I don't well, know where that's coming not, from. Not, none of us think either of these two teams, whoever gets in, will win a playoff game, right? That's what I was going to ask. I I think – so if the the Eagles – let's say the Eagles are the, 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 the four seed. Whoever gets in is, has to be the four seed. They can't be anything else, which means that they will play the fifth seed. That could be a team that could be – it will either be one of three teams, um, the Vikings – the Seahawks or the 49ers. I, the, now, the, if you do the Vegas math, it will ultimately be the Seahawks. Like that's what the Vegas math sort of tells you is how that scenario will play out. The Seahawks will be the fifth seed. I would not want to bet on the Seahawks now. And I actually think the Eagles now might be favored over the Seahawks if the Seahawks were the five seed and the Eagles were, it was in Philadelphia earlier this afternoon. I was oh, in Philly. Some, yeah. You sorry. Right. I was talking with some people about this and I said for certain. The Seahawks would be favored, but they just lost Chris Carson and Dwayne Brown for the season. They're, you know, they're basically relying on Russell Wilson to figure everything out, and the offense looks discombobulated. I don't, I think Jadavian Clowney, Quandre Diggs, and Chuck L. Griffin didn't even play yeah. in, against the Cardinals, and they could all be missing on Sunday. They could be missing in the playoffs. I mean, it's not just their offensive guys, it's defensive guys. That could be MIA forever, John. But I'm, in that scenario, I would take the Eagles. 
And also, we, I say it all the time, Doug Peterson versus Pete Carroll or Brian Schottenheimer. Who are you taking? Well, I mean, I'd take Pete Carroll, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I will actually go even further. Not only would I take the Eagles over the Seahawks in the first round, so the Eagles get to the divisional round. If the Packers end up with a second seed, the Eagles already beat them once this season. So if their route somehow goes Seahawks and then to Green Bay, I could see them beating Green Bay. Look and at Devo, somehow look at Devo Grinnin. Sneaking their so way. I mean, that's the path they would have to take because I don't think they can beat the Vikings, the 49ers, or the Saints, but there is a path to the NFC title game, and it is realistic. Uh, you know, they could face the Seahawks in the first round. That's likely. And then getting to Green Bay, but Green Bay would have to get the two seed. Yeah, I that's it, I agree with Breach. It's not that crazy. And by the way, let's point out, Miles Sanders is playing his tail off the last two weeks. That dude is, like, he's not – I don't want to say he's better. He's not better than Saquon Barkley, but, like, you could have gotten good. him. I mean, I would rather have – I would rather have Miles Sanders with the pick the Eagles used on Miles Sanders yes. than Saquon Barkley with the pick the Giants used on Saquon. One person on planet Earth disagrees with you. His yes. name is Dave Gettleman. I, I feel like Giants fans might lash a bit about that. I oh, know. Giants fans 100% would. Yeah. Anytime Sam Darnold has a bad game, they, they tweet at people. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we feel good about Carson Wentz as a playoff quarterback? Have we ever seen Carson Wentz in the playoffs? He got hurt in December 17, so he didn't play. Has he ever played a playoff game? No. No. That is crazy. That's nice wild. The Eagles, the Eagles have the Eagles have like won a super, like been to the playoffs multiple times since he got drafted. They've played what five playoff games, I think. Yeah. In the last two, like what, going back three years ago. So yeah. Would you rather? What do you think, Sean Wentz, playoff quarterback, playoff winning quarterback? I mean, I just any other year except this year. Like I'm not have not been impressed with him this year. I wasn't even that impressed with him on Sunday, but I mean, sure. It's not like a ringing endorsement, but he's not bad. He's no, like, at his peak, he's a really good quarterback. He just I mean, have a... you seen his receiving core? Exactly. Like, how good could he be if he had healthy players? Sure, but that's the group he's going to be working with in, in this postseason. So I'm not confident in the Eagles' offense heading into the end, end of January. Yeah, but uh, you hit the Eagles. You made that clear. Huh? I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl this year. Also, Debo, you, can, you can mute him. Let's yeah. point out. Breach tried to like prop himself up in Debo's eyes for some weird reason. He's like, I picked the Eagles to win the division, but then Breach picked the Cowboys to win today. You're a flip flopping two faced fraud. What hey, look, doing? I picked the Eagles to win the division. I'm going to stick by my pick. Brinson, you picked the Cowboys. I picked the Eagles. That's what it comes down to. But you, I love that. I love Cowboys that. Um, to win today. Why would you back your division pick? He's playing both I sides. I didn't remember. Ball. I didn't remember what my division pick was. I went back and looked at it after I made my pick. Should have looked at it before. Hashtag breach fraud. Yeah, also fraudulent. All you clowns. I love that breach is picking the uh, the Eagles now to beat the Seahawks. When just yesterday, as I pointed out on the YouTube show, you guys are all up in the Seahawks business over the 49ers. Seahawks couldn't even beat the freaking Cardinals. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, Breach's but, argument whoa, is, whoa, whoa, whoa. is you Seahawks think, in Breach, Seattle. You think Breach said something about the Seahawks yesterday? The <laughs> play. Play. I, I, I was quiet because I knew you were playing a clip, and then you over there goofing around. Let us know when you got it. <laughs> so annoying. Uh, you, need a, you need an on-site producer. Well, I mean, like it worked before. And, and also, the, the Seahawks, weird the Seahawks are dealing with a lot of injuries that we didn't know about. And if you listen I to YouTube show, it, my People opinion. Are you a doctor? 
Are you yeah. friends with the Seahawks team, Doctor? I think the Seahawks too, just because it's in Seattle and the, the 49ers have looked so bad lately. I have no faith in them to go into one of the most hostile environments in the entire NFL. I mean, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo at home look like trash for three quarters before he finally got together for the final two possessions. He does that against the Seahawks. He's going to be down 34 to seven. There it is. Cherry pick. Now, can you play my clip from tonight after learning of Chris Carson being out, Dwayne Brown being out, after taking into account all the injuries? Brinson, Unfortunately, we're I out adjust. of time for this particular segment. We're going to have to move Survival on. Survival of the fittest. It's Darwin. AFC wildcard breach. I am going to give you a chance to talk about the AFC wildcard, though. Your Titans fell to the mighty Saints, 38-28. to 28. The Saints covered the minus three. The over of 49 hit uh, very easily, in fact. Um, and this is a really close and interesting game until a late non-call of a helmet-to-helmet hit or a, a, a targeting defenseless player caused a fumble by the Titans as they were driving down to tie, take the lead, and uh, the Saints got it back and went down and scored. Michael Thomas called a touchdown, 12 catches, 136 yards and a touchdown. I was going to parlay. Uh, I was going to do this like thing where it's like if Michael Thomas gets at least 111 catches, um, you get uh, it's like four to it was like you know X number of odds. But I looked it up, it was four to one, which is not very good for 11 catches. And he easily had 11 catches. He finished with 12 monster season. Uh, broke Marvin Harrison's single season record of 143 set in 2002. He now is 145 this year. Breeze is 27 to 38, 279 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. This Saints team. It's coming on like gangbusters. But, Breach, I think it's more interesting that the Titans now have, uh, with their loss and the Steelers' loss to the Jets and the Raiders' win over the Chargers, have created this wild card scenario. Can you fill us in on the details, Mr. Playoff Board Charlie Day Crazy Man person? Man, I spent so much time on this playoff board this week. So you have the Titans. They have the easiest scenario. We have the Titans. Hey, but before you, you like were explaining this like really quickly and in clear, in clear, like clairvoyantly. Were you, do you have like a board or did you just all write it down on notepad paper? I have, I wrote everything down on a notepad paper. It has like spider web, pin things, connecting things. If this really? happens, then this happens. Uh, and then I type it up and then I copy and paste it and put it anywhere I need to put it or give it to you or whoever needs it. So we have three teams that are eligible for the six spot, Titans, Steelers, Raiders. Titans have the easiest route. All they have to do is beat the Texans on Sunday. They are in the playoffs. No questions asked. It does not matter what happens in any other game. Now, if the Titans lose and they finish 8-8 eight and eight and the Steelers win – then we have the Steelers in the playoffs because the Steelers will be nine and seven and the Steelers are playing the Ravens. Ravens might be resting their starters. So that one's easy. Now it gets a little more complicated because you're probably wondering how the heck do the seven and eight Raiders get to the playoffs when we have two eight and seven teams and the Raiders need some help from the Colts who are not playoff eligible. They, they are eliminated. So if the Titans and Steelers both lose, they go eight and eight. The Raiders have to win. They go eight and eight. And then the Colts have to win to go 8-8. Eight and eight. And what happens there is that the Colts and the Titans have their own tiebreaker because they're in the same division. So then, that case, the Titans are out because the Colts have a better division record. You're down to three teams, the Steelers, Raiders, and Colts. The Colts, in that case, would be eliminated because they lost to both the Raiders and Steelers. Then we're down to the Raiders and the Steelers, and the Raiders get in on a strength of victory tiebreaker, which I believe is the fifth tiebreaker. So that is how the Raiders get in. 
And then uh, I guess the weird thing would be if just the Steelers and the Titans tie at 8-8. Eight and eight. And in that case, I believe the Titans would also get in. The Raiders, by the way, are four-point dogs at the Broncos. The Titans are five-point favorites at the Texans. The Colts are four-point favorites at the Jaguars. And the Steelers and uh, Ravens do not have a lineup yet because I think they want to be careful and not post one and have Lamar Jackson actually play or, you know, something, you know, they, they don't want to make the Ravens five point favorites and then RG three plays and people hammer the Steelers and make a bunch of money. But John Harbaugh has previously indicated that he's not going to play his starters. So if you think about it, like the, I think the rough math on this is, and the money lines aren't released or anything, but I think the rough math is something in the range of a 20 to one parlay for the Raiders to make the playoffs, which considering that they're seven and eight, and they needed another 20-1 parlay to hit on this Sunday. They like hit back-to-back parlays, basically run a 10-game parlay, or maybe nine-game parlay, I guess it would end up being. That's pretty incredible. And here's your fun parlay fact real quick. So the Raiders needed five things to happen in Week 16 to stay in the race. Raiders beat the Chargers. Ravens beat the Browns. Jets beat the Steelers. Saints beat the Titans. Colts beat the Panthers. If you had bet $100 just on the money lines and parlayed that, it would have paid off 2700 So 27-1, to 1, yeah. and it would have hit. So if you add in like four more games, it's basically, I mean, you're talking about like a 250, 300 to one parlay. Um, let's see, coming into today, four. according to Stephen O, Sportsline, our guy, Raiders were 5,000 to one, a one in 5,000 chance according to simulations, and now it's 5%, so that's 20 to one. Oh, look at me. Look, look at the at big you. brain on Brinson. That's cool. Um, so anyway, back to this game. Uh, we, I would say, just to touch on the Saints really quickly, Actually, we can go to the Titans first. No Derrick Henry in this game. They held him out. I don't. I I want to say it's kind of precautionary. They it's understand. That, what's that? It's a hamstring, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I mean, like they said, I think they said he could have gone if this had been Week 17. They knew that if they won at the Texans next week, they would be in no matter what, and so they felt it was it would behoove them to hold him out for this game. He didn't play. Uh, AJ Brown no catches, but did have a one long touchdown run. Ryan Tannehill, I thought, looked okay. I would, I mean, people were calling this like the Ryan Tannehill regression. He got game. sacked a ton, though. Like they, yeah, that was an issue. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And like not having Derrick Henry to lean on sort of seemed to mitigate what he could do. Seventeen to twenty-seven. He still had two two hundred seventy-two yards, three touchdowns. Um, Tajay Sharp, five catches, sixty-nine yards, two touchdowns. Jonu Smith coming on like gangbusters. Add him in Dynasty if, if he's out there for some reason. Uh, Jared Cook for the Saints, three catches, eighty-four yards, and two touchdowns. I, I think it is, and between the three teams in the AFC playoff race, it is a no-brainer. If you're the Texas, uh, let's see, be the the Chiefs, you want. Well, what order do you want to mention? You're muted. Way to go, Wilson. <laughs> you know, you know why I muted myself because I felt a sneeze coming and it never came. Uh, it's it's right. Raiders. So, and out of Sean's life. So Raiders, then Steelers, then Titans. Yes, I. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Titans already beat them once this year, and yes, it involved a crazy, like, weird ending, wild ending with Tannehill escaping this miraculous run at the end. But yeah, you don't want to play the Titans because the Titans clearly have the best quarterback of that bunch. Uh, 
like the Steelers, I think, would be difficult because of that defense. Like you could see mm-hmm. them keeping it interesting, but at the end of the day, you're not having Duck Hodges or if Mason Rudolph's healthy, keeping pace with the homes. Yeah. You definitely want the Raiders though, because a they smoke the Raiders all the time. Uh, B Derek Carr statistically is terrible in cold weather games, which I think is going to be a problem for them to hit this parlay. They have to win in Denver, um, so let's Ooh, look at the weather. And and C spoiler alert: it's December in Denver. It's yes, degrees. C. He is just really bad at Arrowhead in general. So I think the Chiefs are their weight. Like, please let that parlay hit. Let's get the Raiders for a third time. So we'll beat them by 40 points. Uh, by the yeah. way, we're all up on the Raiders. They're, the chance they hit hit this parlay. Drew Locke is playing really well, too. So, I mean, yeah. that plus the weather, plus playing in Denver, plus Derek Carr being Derek Carr, loving to throw the ball away in fourth down. I mean, there are a lot of. A lot, of, a lot of things stacked against the Raiders to pull this off. And plus, Week 17 has become the annual Raiders meltdown game. They have lost eight Week 17 games in a row, and usually it is not close. That is a fun fact. Last year they lost 35 to three. The year before that, 30 to 10. The year before that, 24 to six. The streak started with a 38 to 26 loss. This team just uh, bails it in Week 17 and wants to collect their paychecks and go home. By the way, it occurred to me, um, and we'll get to the Seahawks in a minute, but it occurred to me that I have uh, multiple losing divisional bets outstanding. Um, and uh, they're all going to – so, like, you know, they all – Who are your bets? Well, I had the Colts and the Panthers and the Steelers all mm-hmm. lost. I mean, they all lost their quarterback. Like, I'm not going to, you know – I thought you were going to say you bet the Broncos because that was – that would have been believable. Um, but those are all going to cash – they're going to all process on Sunday night around midnight, which is unfortunate because if you're out, if you're down big money, you got to pay out on Monday. But I also have a Seahawks bet that would eradicate all of those. So I'm in a weird spot with the Seahawks thing. Um, as for, uh, the Saints, they can, what breach, what are their scenarios? I wrote them down. I'll can look at them in a second, but what are, they are, um, if they win out, are they the one seed? No, no, no. They could be, they're the two seed. If the 49ers went out, they can get the one seed. They're pulling for the Seahawks and they're pulling for the Vikings. Cause if the Vikings beat the Packers and the Seahawks beat the 49ers and the Saints beat the uh, Panthers in week 17, then the Saints will get home field advantage and a buy, uh, home field advantage throughout and get the number one seed. So that's who the Saints are rooting for. And frankly, if the Saints get home field advantage in the NFC, I think that is a massive, massive leg up on the rest of the division. Drew Brees is playing really well right now. He looks like he's got, I don't know, six weeks less like throwing wear and tear on his arm than he has in years past. He, he doesn't look like the typical late-season Drew Brees that he has in years before. That defense lost Sheldon Rankins. It lost Marcus Davenport. But they're still playing really well. They're flying all over the place. Cam Jordan uh, piling up sacks. And uh, Michael Thomas is unstoppable. And Alvin Kamara, for the first time since his ankle injury, Looked explosive again on Sunday afternoon against Tennessee. So I would, I would, if I were the rest of the NFC, I would not want the Saints to capture that number one seed. What about the Packers getting number one seed? I mean, everybody has to go to Lambeau. It could be like ten you, degrees there. You just said the Eagles would beat the Packers. Well, right. I do think that the Eagles could beat the Packers, 
But I'm saying that the only, the only way the Packers are going to survive is if they have home field and people have to go to Lambeau. Well, the main reason I was talking about the Saints is that we were just talking about the Saints-Titans game, and then we're going to move on to the next game. But if you want to talk about the Packers, by no, you're, I, don't, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't. Unless Sean does. No, I was going to say I wrote Mr. about this in my quarterback power rankings. Like a year ago, the complete reverse was happening. Right now, after Thanksgiving, Breeze's deep ball plummeted, and they were completely fading. And, the, and it never felt like they were – like, they weren't peaking come January. And the scary thing is, despite that, they were a blatant mispass interference penalty away from going to the Super Bowl, despite Breeze not playing that well. The complete opposite is happening this year, and I actually think, you're right, that thumb injury might have actually helped in the long term. I mean, also, obviously, they went undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but I think it might have helped Breeze uh, not necessarily stay healthy, but just avoid hits um, and be a little bit more fresh. And, you know, he's 30. Is he 39? 40. 39, I think, right? So, 40? He's 42. He's not 40. 40. He's yeah, not 42. 40. He's even 40. <laughs> so, like, I think that's so important that you have a 40-year-old quarterback who got to skip six games and the injury was a thumb injury that's not affecting him anymore. So, I would be terrified of the Saints if I was the rest of the playoff field. Yeah, that was the big thing everybody was talking about last year was just the regression. Was Drew Brees regressing at the end of the season because he was old or because of some other reason – and that absolutely hasn't been happening. So, yeah, I mean, the Saints feel like the best team in the AFC, maybe. I mean, do they look like the most complete team in the, in the NFC? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also, so we mentioned the Titans in the AFC playoff race. The Jets and the Steelers and the Chargers and the Raiders played a game, games of football. Jets and the Steelers game, that game went way <laughs> under. 37 was the total, and it, I mean, it was never close. Ryan, um, do you even really, I mean, I don't mean this flippantly at all. Like, I mean this seriously. Do you even want the Steelers to make the playoffs? Uh, I don't care, honestly. I mean, this has been, like, sort of fun to watch, primarily because I get to watch T.J. Watt sort of dominate. Yeah. Um, no one will watch this game among the four of us except me. But uh, the highlight for me was a strip sack by T.J. Watt, where he, he um, stripped the ball, obviously, from from – Sam Darnold, but in the process of punching the ball out, he actually punched Sam Darnold in the nuts, and um, <laughs> unintentionally, I would imagine. But it was sort of like a sort of felt like a, a microcosm of Sam Darnold's season, starting with the when he was sidelined with the the kissing the kissing disease. There probably got mono, probably got something. Yeah, yeah. Some and also it was sort of microcosm of the Steelers season, where it starts and ends with the defense having to create turnovers and creating short fields and praying to God that. Um, they can somehow score points. I think the sort of the secret MVP in this in this season for the Steelers is Chris Boswell, the kicker, who almost got cut last year. He was so terrible, um, but he he's been money. And um, look, they're they're not scoring points with Duck Hodges and or Mason Rudolph. It's just not going to happen. And James Conner was hurt again today, so he's been um, unhealthy for much of the season. And we know about Juju Smith-Schuster. He came back. He dropped a ball on fourth down that actually could have kept made the game close uh, at the very end there. So a bunch of things happen. I mean, that is a pro – I mean, excuse me, pro bowl, yes. It is a practice squad offense. And for them to have eight wins is mind-blowing. And um, so, yeah, there's zero expectations. Like when Duck Hodges and or Mason Rudolph throws an interception, I don't get angry. It's just like, meh, you knew that was going to happen. But I, I've enjoyed the season probably more than other seasons because of the expectations. But they don't deserve to go to the playoffs, if we're being honest. And, and I think the Titans – have shown the ability to um, play well in, in big games in, over the last month or so, and they seem much more um, much more like a playoff team, if we're being honest. Ryan, let me ask you this. If the Steelers did sneak in, they grabbed the sixth seed, who would you rather play and feel more comfortable that they could maybe beat 
in the wild card round at the three seed, the Chiefs or the Patriots? The thing is, if they were playing the Patriots at Heinz Field, I would feel better about that. They seem to be unable to win in Gillette Stadium no matter what. That said, I mean, they're not beating the Patriots, not with Doug Hodges. <laughs> I mean, because they're not ben beating the Chiefs. Either. What's that? They're not beating the Chiefs either. No, no, no. But he asked me which one, and I was trying to go through the doing the math in my head. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is throwing four interceptions against the Patriots no matter what. So you know, Doug Hodges is throwing eight or twelve. <laughs> what would uh, let's see? What would the spread be? Let's say Pittsburgh at KC versus Pittsburgh at New England. At KC, it's minus eleven or plus eleven, and at at New England, it's plus fourteen and a half. <laughs> nah, I don't know. No, I bet it's like plus seven or eight. No way. It is not plus eight. They're both they're both ten point spreads. There's no way the Steelers are less than ten points at uh, this game. Like six to the Jets. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers. I mean, look. If we're being honest, we don't want the Steelers to make the playoffs. Not because we want Breach to take shots at, at Ryan. I mean, Lord knows if they get in the playoffs, we get an extra week of Breach taking shots at Ryan. But if they don't get in the playoffs, I mean, I would one win Breach. Yes, I, I welcome that. Um, it was a glorious one. <laughs> one win breach. And you know what? You know who they beat? The New York Jets, Ryan, which is more than I can say for the Steelers. Ooh. Boom! Dunked on. You, lo- you lost Walked it into that one. <laughs> Ryan blushed a little. I was like, <laughs> you lost to Adam Gase, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't lose to anyone. I'm the, winning. Um, no, I just think like for the purpose of not having to watch it, the Steelers get just blitzkrieged by either the Patriots or the Chiefs. No, and it, no it's, it's look, it's I enjoy it. I love watching the defense play. Like I said, and with Mika and TJ and, and Bud Dupree, they're actually fun to watch. Sam Darnold looked terrible today, but the problem is that the Steelers' quarterbacks, plural, were ten times worse. Like yeah. Adam Gase, did, like I think Sam Darnold threw two balls down the field. One was a really good pass in the first drive to Robbie Anderson for a really, uh, it was a great pass. That was you know it. What, the, you know. The, what, I would say the problem, and Ryan is the one who's been saying this, the problem is that if the Titans make the playoffs over the Steelers, they're good enough to potentially upset the Chiefs, and then they're going to go to New England and just get completely destroyed, and then that's how the Patriots get back to the AFC title game if you want something new. Whereas if the Steelers make it, none of us here think the Steelers are going to beat the Chiefs. So If you're anti-Patriots, you don't want the Titans to sneak Well, I mean, if if you want to root for a good divisional matchup in New England, Root, just root for the Chiefs to win, not to gag away their home playoff game. At least the Titans game was in Tennessee, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. One, one problem. If the Titans are the sixth seed and they win, they're going to play Baltimore. Boom, problem solved. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then the Patriots you got face dunk, the Texans. Dunk, face well, the it was Texans Ryan's idea. <laughs> but then Long the Patriots, time, you up. Then the Patriots face the Texans or the Bills and they're getting the AFC title game anyway. Yeah. Uh, Back to square one. Although I like to, I would much rather the Bills play in New England than the Titans. So anyway, the other game that I mentioned, the Raiders and the Chargers, uh, allow me really quickly to say that the Chargers are the stupidest organization in the history of sports. They should be, and I'm just gonna, I said what I said what I tweeted. They should be taken and stuffed in a box and wrapped up in wrapping paper. Old, tattered, terrible wrapping paper. There should be a bow put on them. They should have a label, and it should say, Dear Son, Merry Christmas. And then they should be put in a catapult or a rocket ship and shot into space, directly into the hottest piece of our universe. And they should burn for all eternity because they are terrible and they suck, and everything they do is stupid and awful. They're the worst football team. I mean, like, they're like like the Cowboys on steroids. The Cowboys 
are what Dubin called, our friend Jerry Dubin called nine and three, a nine and three team with three and nine coaching. The Chargers are a twelve and four team with four and twelve luck, coaching, management, everything. It is quarterback, so, quarterback play, I, I mean, ownership, ownership is like they they run this muddled. Grind it out offense until they get behind two scores of the Raiders. And then they're like, well, we got to start winging it around. And they start running the offense. They ran the first four weeks of the season with Austin Eckler out there and no Melvin Gordon. And it's flying. And Rivers is making short passes and they're dumping it off and guys are getting yards after catch. I mean, the, the, the Raiders lost in that horrific game last week at home to end their run in Oakland on a Hail Mary that hit somebody in the face. You can't get off the mat and beat a team like the Chargers. And they came right out, and the Chargers just let them run all over them. It was humiliating. I mean, Josh Jacobs is out. Trent Brown is out. There's no reason that team should come in there with all their fans and their stupid headgear after they already lost and 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 do that. It's unbelievable. God, I hate this team. It was uh, nice. Gonna, uh, it was a good go ahead, go ahead, John. I don't have any analysis except that it was nice that the Raiders got their Oakland send off last week and now they got their LA send off because it was all Raiders fans there. Yeah. Of course it was. And by by the way, like there are three things the Raiders are going to do to you. They're going to run the ball up the middle with Josh Jacobs or, you know, DeAndre Washington in this case. They're going to throw to a running back after they bootleg Derek Carr or they're going to throw a short dump to Darren Waller. Like you don't have to do, you don't have to defend anything more than five yards on the field. You 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 bring you bring you have Perryman in, you bring Derwin James in, you 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 tell your ends not to lose contain on Derek Carr when he bootlegs, and just to pressure him and and and, and that's all you have to do. It's not difficult to defend the Raiders, and the Chargers did none of that. They couldn't do any of it. I mean, they're just continually bootlegging Carr, and he's doing like little fist pumps as he's running. Oh my God, it makes me sick. Mainly because <laughs> the Chargers are the best bet, but I mean like it it just Chargers look the Raiders if the Raiders get in the playoffs. And they're, they're a 10-point dog to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to beat them by 60 they're points. They're not getting in the playoffs. The Chargers, by the way, are so such a terrible NFL football team, they don't even deserve to play in a 27,000-seat soccer stadium. They are straight-up dog doo-doo. And, by the way, I just dropped something in Slack, our little um, group chat, and I said this will be my lasting memory of Philip Rivers in a soccer stadium, and it's him pointing at his head, I can't hear, I can't hear, because all the Raiders <laughs> fans were yelling and screaming, and he couldn't make out what the play call is there, was. Which is, was there any sound? is there any sound to it? I haven't. I didn't get that far, but I'm sure you'll tell us. Oh, this is just going to be crowd noise. It won't be a Phil Rivers. It'll just be Phil pointing his head. I can't. I can't hear. Um, that's what he. That's what it's like in his house when his 11 kids are yelling and screaming, and he's trying to get something to eat. This is every Chargers. You know, it, it occurred to me. Like I, 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 know, I know all the tweets. Like you know, Sean's pointing out. Like every time it's Phil, Phil walks over with his head raised. But like it, it occurred to me in this game that every single Chargers game is the same. They get the ball with four minutes left, down 10 points. And they go down and find a way to score a touchdown because the, the other team stops playing. They play prevent defense. And they move the ball on the field, and then they, like, don't get an onsides, but they get a stop, and they get the ball back, down three with, like, 42 seconds left. And then Phil throws a back-breaking pick. Like, I mean, I don't even need to show up anymore. I know what's going to happen. Um, and the Raiders the Raiders won. So congratulations to the Raiders. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the, night, the day during the Antonio Brown emergency podcast, um, we talked me into betting on the Raiders a team win under when Jacksonville ripped their hearts out last week. It was alive. Now they have won seven games. It is dead. So I lost that bet too. Mm, you hate to see it. <laughs> you know who else is dead? Probably Melvin Gordon's agent should be because he, whatever mm. happened in that. Okay. He shouldn't be, but the horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible, uh, 
advice, negotiation, whatever went on with this guy. Can you imagine? I mean, for instance, you going on that whole rant about how bad everything in L.A. is. This is kind of a microcosm of that, that Melvin Gordon went from getting an offer that was going to pay him between 10 and $11 million per year for however many years, we'll say five. And now we have Melvin Gordon rushing for 15 yards on nine carries and week 16. And uh, what's he going to get when he's a free agent next year? Maybe, maybe four million. How much money did he cost himself? I bet you get four million over five years. All right. Uh, speaking of big contracts, Mitchell Trubisky's getting one. How much will he get? We'll tell you after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I was kidding, Mitchell Trubisky's. Well, actually, you know what? He is going to get a contract. Um, Chris Collinsworth said if you lined up his plays next to... Patrick Mahomes, they look exactly the same. They had a, they had a freaking like. I understand the need to be positive and sell the game, but in the fourth quarter, I was scrambling to update these two stories. I don't. In the fourth quarter, they had a highlight comparison of like across the body throws that they did like four from Trubisky, four from Mahomes, showing that Trubisky had the same tools as Mahomes, and it was like you guys are trying a little bit too hard to say Trubisky could be Mahomes. Yeah, in his defense, he didn't say that they were the exact same player. He said they were both really athletic. By the way. Did you well, see quickly, Mahomes quickly. count on his fingers? Did you see that? Quickly, before you interrupt me again, Collinsworth is, is trending on Twitter. What for? Uh, for saying that Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky are one and the same. I'm not sure you know how trending on Twitter works. Sean, did you write that for him? I hate Mitchell Trubisky probably more than you guys. Why don't I know how trending works? I'm sitting here looking at trending, and it says how. <laughs> yeah. Screenshot and put in Slack because I don't believe you because I don't see it on here. I think everyone's trending section is different, by the way, based off like your interest in. Collinsworth is the 14th trend on my trend. I mean, you don't think my interest includes Sunday night football? <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, I have Ryan Pace trending. <laughs> my, uh, as, as do I. I have, oh, I have Collinsworth trending. Thank you. Uh, maybe I need to hit show more. That would probably help. I'm on my phone. Oh, look, Collins was trending. Good job, Ryan. I you mean, were able to look at the trending section on Twitter. Al, nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes, or else they would have traded for him. The Chiefs literally traded two first-round picks, dra- two drafts. <laughs> um, by the way, All did right, you go see? Ahead with the counting. Did you see Mahomes counting on his fingers? Did anybody else see that? Yeah. He counted. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. After he after he scored a touchdown, as in nine teams passed on me, including the Bears. Mahomes very clearly aware that the Chicago Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky instead of him. Although, if I was, as I pointed out repeatedly, um, if they switch places, we'd be talking about Mitchell Trubisky as an All Pro or a Pro Bowler, and Patrick Mahomes would be like this uh, un uh, like you know, 
incredible talent who we can't quite harness, and maybe he needs a new coaching staff. Also, to be clear, I think in general the consensus was or um, Watson versus Trubisky and not Mahomes versus Trubisky. Like on draft day, there weren't that many clam- people clamoring for, for Mahomes to go number two overall. It was Watson should have been the pick at number two overall when the Bears traded up. I don't think it was ever Trubisky versus anyone. It was either it was just Watson. Uh, you There's... can look at a lot of draft boards that had Trubisky as the number one quarterback. Yeah, Someone it was a very it was a very popular thing of Trubisky being the best quarterback. Who's the uh, Bears writer like the uh, for the Athletic? Dan, Dan Dan Pompey. Yeah, yeah. He just wrote about this in the Athletic. He talked to a bunch of GMs um, back in 2017. Five of them, in fact, are personnel guys, and it was mixed. And it was mostly. Trubisky and Watson, and not a lot of Mahomes. There were some of it, but the reality is, no one, everyone was pretty much wrong except for Andy Reid. And well, I mean, even, I mean, even Andy Reid, like, I mean, he look, he he jumped on it, he he moved up and got, and it, like, if you listen to, the, if you read the stories, like Brett Veach, their GM, loved, like, was almost like borderline obsessed with Mahomes, and like, all, I mean, I'm not saying he like, you know, I doubt he had to twist Andy Reid's arm like crazy hard to get him to to go with Mahomes, but like, I mean. You know, they, they only moved up to 10 to get him. They didn't move. I mean, it's not like they moved up to two. You know, I mean, it wasn't, Mahomes fell to 10. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty steep fall. If you're a generational talent and you fall to 10, that's crazy. And then Watson and, and up there. That was Collins. Was 11. That was Collins' oh. worst point though, was that nobody traded up into yeah. the top 10 to grab him. I know people are trying to dunk on Collinsworth by saying, oh, well, the Chiefs traded up, but he was saying that, well, if everybody knew Mahomes was good, they would have traded in the top nine if they, had known he was a generational talent. And the team that traded out of Ted needed a quarterback at the time too. So oh, yeah. I in fact I had the um I had the Browns trading taking Miles Garrett and then trading up to get Trubisky at number two in one of my mock drafts. Um let's see. Oh, I had Mahomes going thirteen to the Cardinals, so that's good at least. Is that but, good? Yeah, that's great. Um, I got killed this first round. Holy crap. Yeah, we we also all write like thirty mocks. So I'm sure one of them we got right. The Debo gave me. I don't know what to tell you. I had a bunch of first rounders right. Good for me. Well, congratulations. Happy for you. I'm very happy for myself. Um, are we talking about this game? Or are we? Oh yeah, sure. What, 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 I mean, I don't think we need to spend that much time on. Oh, God, no, we're not talking about this. And got humiliated on national television. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? I actually think it could have been worse if Andy Reid was willing <laughs> to actually like. Go for the jugular, and he was very much content. We get a, we got a seventeen nothing lead. Like you know why? Because the Bears can't score on them. No um, the conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory. Oh uh, yeah. The, I well, I actually think like the bigger we know Mahomes can do this, and he did it against a good Bears defense. But the bigger takeaway is, and I know it's against Trubisky and a terrible Bears offense, but the Chiefs defense continues to play well. Um, and that to me is the biggest takeaway of the second half of the Chiefs season is that their defense is peaking, especially against the pass. And, um, last year it, the defense was a huge concern and we all flagged it as like, this is why the Chiefs won't get to the Super Bowl. Uh, it still might be the case, but I don't think it's nearly the concern it was a year ago. Yeah, it's, it's like we're talking about with Drew Brees and the concern last year was him, uh, looking old and getting worse. Not a concern this year. It's the same thing with the Chiefs' defense is that they looked like they were getting worse every single week. And it was just like it's only a matter of time before they completely implode. And that's what happened against the Patriots starting in the second half. Uh, they just couldn't – or really the whole game. They just couldn't stop anything. And, and so it doesn't feel like this Chiefs' defense 
is capable of that. And then you look at the offenses that they might face in the playoffs. Uh, hello, if they play the Steelers in the first round, that's a Chiefs defense can sleepwalk through that. No offense, Ryan. And, you know, if they face the Raiders, they've dominated, the Chiefs have dominated the Raiders. If they end up facing the Bills or the Texans. It's just like, uh, yeah, even the Patriots offense isn't that great. So you look at the Chiefs defense and, you know, who do you think they would struggle against in the AFC right now? Maybe Baltimore, but they handled that's them pretty it. well back in September. Yeah, that's um, it. Just Baltimore. By the way, I don't know why we're all Googling my mock drafts. Ryan's like telling me why I drafted OJ Howard fourth overall. Like OJ Howard went the first round. What do you, what do you want from me, Ryan? Get off my balls. Um, the Chiefs have a, uh, <laughs> Chiefs have a, the Chiefs defense coming into this week against the Bears before the game against the Bears. 11th in DVOA, 6th in pass DVOA. I think, I mean, like, I think this Chiefs team is going to win the Super Bowl. No, I mean, that's not a hard... Over the Vikings? Over the Eagles? Maybe the Eagles or the Vikings. Eagles, Chiefs would be incredible. And, like, Andy Reid would kick the snot out of that team, too. Right? Yes. Like, that, like, you can't... That second, we keep on talking about the secondary and teams... Don't seem to be taking advantage of it. The Chiefs would 100% take advantage of it. It would be like 40 to 13, and Andy Reid would just bull. I mean, and he's he blisters his his old. Um, you see Debo uh, sitting right there, right? What would the points spread <laughs> be? Four, Davis Webb, number 25. Yeah, no. What round did Davis Webb go in? The third round? Second yeah. round? Third yeah. or fourth? Yeah, he didn't go in the second. Third. Yeah, see, you made Debo mad. Now he's dropping in all your. He's just ruining the podcast. Nobody gives one crap about my. Uh... I do. You brought it up. You were bragging about it. After you were bragging about it, I think we care now. Oh, my God. You guys are so petty. Um, the Chiefs are going to be a top 10 defense by DVOA coming into the, going into week 17. They were playing awesome defense. If I were betting, they are, I, in my opinion, with the slight, knowing that, especially knowing there's a slight chance that the Patriots could lose to the Dolphins in Week 17, like Ryan Fitzpatrick's captaining that team. Who the hell knows what happens? I don't think they'll win, but the Dolphins could. The Dolphins could pull it off if the Chiefs were to flip up and get that number two seed, and you could get them. We said this before the, like before the before the week, or we said it on Saturday. If you get them at eight to one to win the Super Bowl, go do it. That is good value. So is this, this a Super Bowl pick, or are you going to change it like John did 24, 24 hours later when you learned? I have not changed my Super Bowl pick all year. It's been Chiefs Vikings since day one, Ryan, and both my teams are still alive, unlike you. Yeah, me and Breach have stayed consistent with our picks. I mean, I, I mean I've, I'm consistent with mine. I never changed it. My quarterback for my AFC team just blew out his elbow in week two. I don't know what to tell you. So it sounds like you're now changing it. Changing it, yeah. That's what that sounds like. I mean, like I don't think the Steelers are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Do you? I have hope. You, you don't never say never. I that never thought that. I didn't think that heading into the Who year. Who did you have, Sean? The Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> Andy Reid finally has time to ascend to the throne of his rightful Mahomesian policy. Um, Are you making fun of me for selecting the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, because that's literally what everyone else did. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm sorry, Brinson, that we pick teams and players who actually have chances to win awards, and you pick centers to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't know. You know oh. how. I'm sorry you have Mr. Trubisky. Moving along. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, too. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just – look, if I'm I, – I put a bet on the Chiefs at six and a half, seven to one to win the Super Bowl. I think they are – they look like a team – if I, I, if I had to if – if you had to make me pick what two teams would meet in the Super Bowl right now, 
I would say Chiefs Saints because I think those two teams are peaking right now. Like that's what you want as a team coming in hot now. The Saints are gonna have they're gonna have their bye, but they're probably you know, probably gonna have a bye, but they're gonna you know gonna get a they're gonna be at home. And I think the Chiefs. I almost think if you're the Chiefs, you don't mind not having a bye. Like I think they want to keep playing. This defense is playing well, and the offense has slowly been getting better since. Mahomes, Mahomes is playing his ass off, dude. He is. I mean, he's playing better than he was last year right now. Yeah, maybe a week off, you you get that little rust, and it's just enough that it kind of slows you down. Yeah, but it's also it's crazy. We just talked about the three teams they might face. Like, I don't think any of us think either of those three teams. Like, we don't feel like uh, one of these teams has, like, a legit shot to upset them either. Well, who the the well, one of the number six, the six seeds? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying yeah, that, like, yeah, in the yeah. first round, we all feel comfortable there's a 95% chance yeah. the Chiefs are winning that game. So that's look, why you don't mind the – The Chiefs game. are one of two teams to beat the Ravens this year. Right? And the other one won't be in the playoffs. Yep. The Browns, Browns are the only team. But really they are play. six and nine. That's nice. Um, no, I just, I'm just saying, like, we've seen the Chiefs play the Texans. We've seen them play the Patriots. We've seen them beat the Patriots. We've seen them beat the Ravens. We've seen them beat the only two teams seated above them. I just, I, I would, if I am encouraging people who listen to this podcast that might be looking for a future to bet on the Chiefs, I think it's a good bet. It's good value. And I think they could make a run. Ravens 31, Browns 15. Ugh. <laughs> Ravens covered the 10, the under 49 hit. Lamar Jackson got through like the first quarter with negative one fantasy points and it looked like he was going to, it looked like it was going to be a bloody Sunday. Cause basically, I mean, I think the numbers have to be outrageous and I will look this up for you in one second. But I mean, how many, what percent do you guys think of championship teams, uh, have, uh, did, did Adi send this to all of us? Um, the most started players in 12 teen CBS Sports Fantasy Championship League games. What percent do you think of those teams in championship games had Lamar Jackson on them? Bear in mind that, bear in mind that it, it can't be higher than 50. Oh. You know. Yeah, that's a tough question because all the teams get eliminated. You don't know how many teams left have Lamar. Uh, 30. So, 32. 33. Uh, why are you gonna price this right, me guys? Share went twenty nine. Forty one point nine. That's insane. The only I there's ooh, I wonder if you can guess the only person higher with a higher starting percentage on championship teams. C Mac defense. C Mac is a good guess. Forty point two, but no. Ooh. Yeah, I, I guess the Patriots oh, oh, oh. defense. Uh that is good. Patriots are twenty nine. You gotta think yeah. a little bit more strategically when you think about the next the Andy players. Dalton. That's 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 kind of no that's not Ryan's in the right strategy. Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. Brashad Perryman, oh, because he was a free and nobody he was free agent so it, like the only people who were picking him up who were still alive in the playoffs. Forty seven point nine percent of teams, um, but Lamar. I mean, like the point being is nearly lit like literally almost every championship team had like if there's nine percent of people who drafted Lamar Jackson and didn't make it to the finals. Congratulations, you're a loser. Um, the Lamar Jackson, if you had him through one quarter, he had negative one. And then all of a sudden he exploded for a huge game. And look, you know, he was, he benefited from the fact that Freddie Outhouse is a flaming moron who doesn't know how to get to half with a, with a lead or with a one point deficit. It, did you, did you see that happen, quickly? Ryan? What's that? Did you see that happen? What he did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me say this quickly before I forget. Um, Randy tweeted this out at me and I showed you guys over the weekend. Um, 
he said in the tweet, we had our annual gingerbread slash graham cracker house making uh, contest tonight. My mother-in-law called mine an outhouse, and he sent a picture. Not a great um, uh, gingerbread house, but hey, he, he and a gingerbread architect. <laughs> anyway, he said, I asked her politely not to call it Freddy Kitchens. I was the only one who got the joke. So, look, look you can take your victory lap. We were, we were when we didn't laugh at you when you made the Freddy outhouse joke the first time. Feeling. We were wrong. I mean, I the thing, the thing is, wildfire. Well, because the thing is, it's like it's good now. I'm not criticizing it, but it, it was like so bad at the time that it became good. Yeah, I'll take it. Hey, I'll take it. Sean, do you think that Ryan has told his wife at one point, like, you won't believe this? I went viral. His kids too. I'm surprised Ryan has not started a fake Twitter account called Freddy Outhouse, where he tweets oh, parody of Freddy Kitchens. By the way, I want to I want to mention this too. I haven't done that. I, I will. Go but, but just really quickly to 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 mention what he did. Oh, yeah. He got the ball back with a minute 18 left in the first half, mm-hmm. and the Ravens were up seven to six. They had just scored. The Browns had been playing not well, but they had been like limiting the Ravens' offense, which is something nobody does. They were playing from ahead, um, and uh, and then he threw the ball deep three times. It happens. And they gave the ball right back to the Ravens, and the Ravens in about minute 18 seconds went down, and Lamar Jackson, for the second time in the half, hit Mark Andrews for a touchdown, and it flipped every fantasy league on the planet. The Ravens were shut out, and then in the last two minutes of the half, on two drives, they went a combined nine plays, 138 yards, two touchdowns, and 78 seconds of possession. That's how so fast the game switched. Freddie Kitchens insists week after week that he doesn't coach penalties uh, before the game, and we know that Odo Beckham got that that stupid um, taunting call. I didn't get the taunting call, but that doesn't happen to any other team. But before the game, Odo Beckham was wearing Christmas tree shoes that lit up. So he spent more time putting his shoes on with the batteries in them and preparing for the game. Does that happen on the Patriots? I mean, that's what we always come back to. Does that happen on the on the Ravens? Does it happen on any team that wins football games regularly? No. Why would on God's green earth would you bring? Freddie Kitchen's back for one more here year. Was, uh, here Why was, are you against Christmas tree shoes, Ryan? Get in the holiday spirit, man. Ryan's on the war on Christmas. Here <laughs> yeah. was, here was Kitchen's, Freddie Kitchen's explanation. He was asked on electing to throw the ball late in the first half rather than run the clock out. We could have. We were trying to get the clock started. A couple short passes got batted down. We could have ran it, could have done a lot of things. We called a couple five-yard routes, and the clock never got started. So it's, you know, so it's second guess once it happened. No, No, Freddie, it's not. If you try to pass the ball and you don't pass complete the pass, the clock doesn't start. And if you run the ball, the clock starts no matter what. So it's not second guessing. You just don't know what you're doing. It's first I, guessing. I don't. If they bring, they're definitely bringing it back just because it's the dumbest thing on the planet. Right? Football team. Yeah. No, it sounds like it. Although it sounds like John Dorsey wants to bring him back. Jimmy Haslam is the owner, and obviously he may have a different viewpoint because. The man's a laughing stock, and by that I mean Jimmy Haslam, by virtue of the fact of having Freddie Kitchens out there doing this crazy stuff, making Hugh Jackson look like Bill Walsh. I'm with you. Should the Ravens play their player? The Ravens, by the way, clinched home field. Um, Lamar finished with, I mean, um, again, a monster game. Like, I, I don't know how it, ha- it happened. Lamar limping at points during that game. Um, Ingram was hurt during his calf injury. All the same drive. Mark Andrews, yes. So I, I agree. Don't play him. Lamar, 20-31, 238 passing yards, three touchdowns, 70 carries, 103 yards. Mark Andrews, six catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns. Mark Ingram crossed over 1,000 yards, meaning that uh, Lamar and Mark Ingram are the first duo to have 1,000, 1,000 as a quarterback running back since? Andy Dalton and Joe Mixon. 
You guys got to be kidding me. Michael Vick. And? Trubisky and George Howard. And uh, who's the guy that did the Dirty Tim- Bird? Oh, Jamal Anderson? No. No, Jamal Anderson. That's he who was, I was thinking Jamal of. Jamal Anderson was the Dirty Bird guy. I think smaller, more diminutive. Like oh, Warren Dunn. Well done. There you go. Well done. Great we job. got it. Good job, Ryan. Really High five. Um, yeah, great work. Thanks. Uh, oh, yeah. Tired of losing all your cash. What more cash? It's time for the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do like a. Uh, it's the worst promo. JG Wentworth, eight six seven cash. No, it's almost you time. Sound like a, uh, you sound like a. You sound like a. Who's the lawyer from Breaking Bad? You sound like one of his ads. Sal 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 Goodman. Yeah. Um, I, every call time that, Every time that JG Wentworth comes on the NFL Network, I like go diving into my living room to hit mute on the button because if I hear like one line on it, it's stuck in my head for like six hours. Um, like Freddie Outhouse. It's almost time for the playoffs, and CBS Sports is a new way for you to up the action. It's called Playoff Pick'em. Whether you want to pick the games for cash or compete against friends, we have you covered with two easy ways to play. First, enter the playoff challenge for your chance to win $5,000. All you need to do is pick the winners of every single playoff game, and the champion walks away with a big five grand in cash. Second, get your friends, family, coworkers, or anybody that loves football involved by creating a fully customizable private playoff pool. You'll be in full control with options to choose the matchups you want to include, how to pick, scoring, and more. Best of all, Playoff Pick'em is totally free. Visit cbssports.com slash playoff or download the CBS Sports app now to start your pool and play for $5,000. Should we do a CBS, should we do a Pick 6 podcast playoff pool? Uh, duh. We're here. All right, let's do one. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll do a playoff pool and, um, Debo, if you could bypass legal and find some way to get a prize, that'd be fantastic. Cardinals, 27. Uh, the prize can be an autographed Fast Five Blu-ray. There you go, guys. That's a great uh, prize. Everyone will sign up. I'll, I'll get uh, Vin Diesel. I'll get ev- all the cast members to sign it besides me. Hey, I have when, you go, when you go to Jay Cutler's house, you get him to sign it. I'll get Jay Cutler. Well, Sean, that, that autograph's for you. I can't get multiples. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, come on. I'll look like a collector. He'll, he'll chew me out. <laughs> um. Do you think my neighbor likes the fact that my dog runs outside at 12.45 in the morning and barks in the direction of his house? I bet not. Probably as much as my neighbor likes me podcasting this time of night. Uh, it's 9.45 at your house. Give grow up, neighbor. Cardinals 27, Seahawks 13. Ooh, a tough, tough loss for the Cardinals. As Kyler Murray's uh, status is in doubt, by the way, the Rams. I saw a uh, Rams minus seven is hung out there right now that you could go uh, wager on. I would take the Rams minus seven right now because that line is going to be above 10 if Kyler Murray does not play. And the Cardinals would be morons to play him in week 17 of a meaningless game when he's got a hamstring injury as a rookie as good as he's looked. Cardinals covered the plus eight. Obviously, they won outright as huge dogs. The under 51 and a half hit. Told you to bet both of those, I believe. Um, Seahawks 49ers has been flexed to Sunday night in week 17. Do you guys think Kyler or Josh Jacobs will win Rookie of the Year right now? That's a great question. I tend to think Kyler would get the nod right now because Josh Jacobs missed multiple games. Yeah, Yeah. Kyler might miss a game right now. you got to take that into account. I would personally pick Kyler. I think we've seen – I think what he – the degree of difficulty that he's had to overcome is more significant than what Josh Jacobs has had to overcome. And also just the positional value. 
Wait, what degree of difficulty? They literally designed an offense around him and hired a coach who could perfectly. I mean, this run was an offense. His... This was an unwatchable offense a year ago, and a lot of the personnel of has stayed the same. Yeah, the year before that, the offense was pretty good. I mean, Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs Josh Jacobs is second leading rusher in the NFL for a team that's still in the playoff hunt. Our second leading. I just say I think a lot of like I mean a lot of this is just like quarterbacks matter more than running backs. Do you think Do you think that Josh Jacobs is the second leading rusher in the NFL because in the AFC or the like because Derek Carr is so good? He's the second leading rusher in the AFC. Yeah. So that's not the NFL. First of all, second of all, that's why I correct. Are the the Raiders in the playoff hunt because they're the second leading rusher in the AFC? Are they? You tell me. No, they're not. The the Cardinals aren't in the playoff hunt. They built the offense around him because their quarterback's a little Charlie check down, and Josh Jacobs ran the ball 242 times. And if Josh Jacobs would have been a draft bust, the Raiders would be 4-11 and 11 right now. No. No. They would have the same record. or They won without him. They wouldn't have the same record. Yes, they would. You could plug The exact them. same record. Yeah, and the Cardinals just finished off the Seahawks without Kyler Murray. By the way, the Cardinals are three down. They up by what, 14 points that Kyler spotted them? What is happening here? This is bizarre. What, I think Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is a fair argument to win the rookie of yeah, the year over Kyler argument. Murray. Yeah, you got you brought it up, Brinson. So John's making his point. And by the way, before they beat the Browns last week and then beat the, the hapless Seahawks, they were three nine and one with Kyler Murray. They weren't actually setting the world on fire. They that? lost to Duck Hodges in Arizona. What's happening, Sean? I, uh, you asked us who should win I, rookie I'm of the year, surprised. and we're saying it should be Josh you Jacobs. Said, no, 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 no. The argument ensued when you said, what has Kyler Murray had to overcome? I don't know, Breach. The worst offensive line in the NFL, maybe? That was one. Steve Wilkes. They shouldn't hire Steve Wilkes. They hired someone who actually understood how offensive line, offensive uh, football worked. They fired Ken Wisenhunt halfway through the season. Kyler's gotten bludgeoned half the year. They get the ball out quickly. That's the only reason he's not getting killed. Well, you need to take that up with your buddy Steve Kime because he, I mean, he's the, the, the guy who put these players on the field. Steve, you know who has more touchdown passes? He's you know who has more touchdown passes than Kyler Murray? Daniel Jones. Ooh, he, he's missed more. Hate it. Hate you to hate it. to hear it. He's also you, Weren't you on the Kyler Murray bandwagon? Kyler Murray has also rushed for 504 yards and four touchdowns. How many yards has Josh Jacobs rushed for? Dunked on. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to compare total yards? Because I think you're going to lose that argument. Sean, I can dunk on you sitting down, laying down, one foot, standing on my head. Bring it on. I don't know. I think you're like, what, five, nine and a half? That's like what I am. That's very rude. Five, ten and three quarters. You know that's true, too. <laughs> All right. Brinson, you asked the question. We answered Kyler it. Mur- it's no yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray's averaging 36 rushing yards per game. Josh Jacobs is averaging 88. And, like, one's a running back. What are, what are we even doing here? I can't believe you. You brought up the question. I would go Kyler. I would not be surprised if the voters went Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs missing the last few weeks will probably end his case. If he what got- about A.J. Brown? I would be fine with A.J. Brown, too. I'll tell you who it won't be. Garrett Bradbury. Boom. <laughs> Dunk on Brinson. <laughs> that, that's an alley-oop. Dunk. <laughs> and I'm sure you jabrones pick Kyler Murray because you're softies. You don't care about... <laughs> this guy gets mad when you pick the obvious <laughs> answers if we're not trying to, like... That's our job is to try to predict things correctly. I'm sorry that we pick obvious answers. He also likes getting yelled at for saying stupid stuff on Twitter so he can go back on the off chance that he lands one and just dunk on everyone. He has those tweets saved. So he has like 5,000 tweets saved about the Gary Bradbury thing. He's going to have to delete. But when he hits on one, oh, watch out. What's the last time he hit on one? That's a great – when is the last time, Brenton? 
Bruce said Miles Sanders. That's that not insane. I think I said Devin Bush. He's got as much a chance as winning as Garrett Bradbury. Get out of here. Oh, please. Okay, seven Who would have? Are you kidding me? No, Miles Sanders has a much better chance of winning offensive rookie of the year than Garrett Bradbury. Neither one, neither Garrett one Bradbury has a zero percent chance of going in, going into the year. You Miles know what's Sanders funny? Ten percent chance. If you ask Mike Zimmer who he'd rather have playing center, he would say Miles Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Seahawks. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about the Cardinals. Seahawks are a actual playoff team. By the way, don't play. Go better the Rams minus seven. Don't play the Kyler Murray in week seventeen, guys. Great pass. To, did you see that crazy, like, Farvian, like, little light touch pass to Larry Fitzgerald? That was nice. Kyler Murray's awesome. I he's good. Take, yeah. I mean, he's got a long way to go, but he's good. As you point out, the offense has some limitations. But, yeah, he's getting better for sure. Kyler would be in my top three if I was drafting right now to start a franchise. Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler? Yeah. Mm. Who are you going above Kyler? How old is Russell Wilson? You still just want to, uh, yeah, I'm going Russell Wilson. I might take Deshaun. Uh, yeah, we go to Sean over. Kyle. Yeah, I would take Deshaun. Top four, top five. Maybe we'll look at this again over the in the off season. Um, Russell would still be out there. We take Danny Dimes. Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, Seahawks missing Dwayne Brown, missing Chris Carson. We touched on them briefly. Um, I think Breach said something. I can't remember what was it. Jadavion. Diggs. Um, what was it? Who did you mention, Breach, when you were talking about the, the Seahawks? Griffin, Clowney, and Diggs. All miss. I think the Seahawks, too, just because it's in Seattle, and the, the 49ers have looked so bad lately, I have no faith in them to go into one of the most hostile environments in the entire NFL. I mean, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo at home look like trash for three quarters before he finally got together for the final two possessions. He does that against the Seahawks. He's going to be down 34-7. to The best part about that clip is, like, in all the like the other people talking around before and after that, in no way is there any other talk about the, the Seahawks winning. It's just you. you know, it's the best part of that clip is you keep playing. This is like going in to buy a car on Saturday and it looks great, brand new, and then I go in Sunday to finish the purchase and the windshield's broken, a tire is missing, and the trunk's on fire. So I told like, you in the showroom at the time, John, what was going to happen. That's you, a good metaphor. You that's laughed at me. Oh, also, also, so obviously I'm uh, not going to buy it. Yes. I, and I, I'm, also, I it on YouTube show tonight. It's, it's also funny. He wasn't talking about the Cardinals, too. He was talking about the game that hasn't happened yet. Like, that prediction might still be right. Like, the Seahawks still might beat the 49ers. Yeah. And then he'll so go back and say that. This, see, I this don't, is a premature dunking. No, but he, uh-huh. now he can play both sides. He's just basically pulled a Brenton on us. He has both sides of the argument locked on. I learned from the master. <laughs> um, I just, I just think the Seahawks look like a team that is right to lose a playoff game. And I, I really do think if they get the fifth seed and they have to go to Philly, they are going to. Now, look, don't get me wrong. This thing they, on. Have I been saying this? This is so disrespectful to me. I mean, we're just touching on Seahawks really quickly. They're moving along. Okay, so we all agree Seahawks could probably lose and could end up in a bad spot, but Seahawks man. have a worse point differential than the Eagles. Oh, there you Let's go. Point that nice. out there. Wow. By the way, uh, I should point out, speaking of awards, real quickly before we move on from the Cardinals, comeback player of the year award. I'd like to nominate four guys. Oh, I saw your tweet. Go ahead. That's well good. played. Someone Did you tweeted, steal that someone, tweet? Someone tweeted a different version last week. <laughs> that oh, everyone there it is. There it is. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Adam Beasley, take credit for the tweet. Go ahead. Did Beasley did Beasley tweet that? I'm wondering. Someone tweeted something with all those players. It wasn't framed as like 
comeback player of the year, but it was, I wonder what the common denominator in all this is. Uh, we'll be talking about this in the podcast. The, uh, comeback yeah. player of the year. Who you got? It's Adam Gase will be accepting the award for Mika Fitzpatrick, Kenyon Drake, Ryan Tannehill, and Devontae Parker. Are you guys ready to give up the ghost in this Devontae Parker thing, by the way? Are we doing what? You ready to give up that you, you lost? He gave up two months ago. Are you crazy? Wait, wait. I mean, until Sammy in, gets three playoff games in. And is Sammy right, still, is he still on the Chiefs roster? Is he he on the, caught a pass in the first quarter today. Uh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. <laughs> Devontae Parker had five catches for 111 yards. Every time I turn around, he's making a catch. The thing is, Sammy Watkins is so bad, he couldn't even play on the Steelers roster right now. That's how bad Sammy Watkins is. <laughs> Oh my God! This is the greatest. Come on, he's got just twenty-eight yards for Sammy Watkins. He had a seventeen-yard catch in the first quarter. That's what uh, he does. He gets your hopes up, and then he disappears for three and a half quarters. Kenny Drake's gonna get paid in free agency. He's gonna make more money than Melvin Gordon in free agency. A hundred percent. He might. He might be staying in Arizona because well, they can't get rid of Dave Johnson yet, right? Someone was saying they should. Uh, who was? I think it was Jamie Eisenberg said that they should. Tampa Bay should try to trade for him for cheap. Reunite him with Bruce Arians in that offense. Mm, I like that idea. Uh, Drake has 46 carries, 303 yards, and six rushing touchdowns in his last two games. The uh, Dolphins' leading rusher this year, uh, see if you can guess who it is, 49 carries, 228 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, we already all knew that. All right. Next. Ryan <laughs> Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Boom. Well, well breach. Race to the bottom. Thank you, next. Race to the bottom. You know why I knew that? The because worst game in the history of the NFL. Uh, Bengals and like Dolphins that. went to overtime. To be fair, Dolphins, Bengals, and Redskins, Giants were two of the best games on Sunday. We cannot believe that the National Football League subjected the humans in America to eight hours of Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins, Bengals. That last... John can talk about the last minutes of regulation. That was exciting football. It was. It was. 38. In fact, I would like to throw I said no one is going to be watching this, and then immediately it became watchable. 38-35 Dolphins win. The Dolphins obviously covered us. Dogs at home. The over 45.5 hit quite easily. Andy Dalton, top fantasy performer, 39 points. Ryan Fitzpatrick with 38. Uh, Breach, do you want to tell us about the crazy end to the game? I want to tell you guys that as the captain of the Andy Dalton bandwagon all year, I was in the finals of a fantasy football league. And at 11.57, at 12.57 p.m., three minutes before the 1 o'clock game started, I benched Ryan Tannehill, and I put Andy Dalton in as my starting quarterback. And then at, as soon as the games kicked off and Dalton immediately started and looked like trash, I wanted to throw up because it was going to cost me about $400 if I lose this. And then the end of the game happened, and I had tears coming down my eyes because this was literally the best-case scenario ever for the Bengals. A, we watched the most exciting game involving a 1-14 game in NFL history. No one can argue that. Uh, the Bengals were down. They were down 28-6 to at one point. We had everyone tweeting, oh, it's official. The Bengals have the number one draft pick. Then it actually got even worse they were down 35 to 12 with six minutes and 15 seconds left. Now, mind you, the Bengals going into this game were the only, one of three teams in the NFL that had not scored more than 30 points all season. The Jaguars and the Steelers are the other two. The Bengals were also the only team in the NFL that had yet to score more than two touchdowns in a game all season. Literally, they maxed out at two touchdowns. They have not topped that a single time all year. 
So the thought of them coming back from a 35 to 12 deficit with 6:15 left in the game, this is Peyton Manning stuff. That is the only time that stuff happens. Uh, at Colts Buccaneers game being down that many points with that little time left. So what do we get? We get an Andy Dalton garbage time touchdown. That's what it felt like. He hits his tight end, CJ Ozoma, uh, 6-11 left. Again, you still think the game is over. The Dolphins punt the ball, blah, blah, blah. The Bengals are now trailing 35-19. They get the ball back. More garbage time yardage. I'm counting it all up because, remember, Dalton's my fantasy quarterback. I want this $800 pot I get for winning my league. So then they drive down. They score again with 29 seconds left. And I'm thrilled because at this point, Dalton's up to 30 fantasy points. Tannehill finished with 29. But also, the Bengals are down 35-25, so they have to go for two. Boom, they get the two-point conversion. So now it's 35-27, 29 seconds left. And I'm thrilled because the Bengals are going to lose, get this first pick. Dalton just had a huge day. I've written the game off. I'm ready to check out. I'm emotionally spent. I couldn't take anymore. And I wasn't expecting anymore because no one recovers onside kicks. Then what happens? The Bengals recover the onside kick. I fell out of my chair. I think my chair is broken. I might have to get a new chair for Christmas. If anyone I know is listening, I need a new chair for Christmas. They recover the onside kick. They complete a quick 34-yard pass to get down to the 25-yard line. They have no timeouts left. They spike it with two seconds left. Now they have one shot from the 25-yard line. Two seconds. Last play. Borderline Hail Mary. Dalton throws a laser into the end zone. It gets caught. Tyler Eifert catches it in the end zone. Oh, my gosh. If you thought my chair was broken before, I got more garbage time Andy Dalton points. But they're not even garbage time because now they could win this game. Then, you know what Dalton does? He scores the two-point conversion to tie the game and send it to overtime. And all I could think of was this was the greatest comeback I've ever seen. And if they lose in overtime, that would be perfect because then they seal the number one pick. Dalton just put on a show for everyone. And then they did lose in overtime. And you know what? I, I'm, if they would have won, I would have actually sounded sadder right now. So this was really the perfect game. This game couldn't have gotten any better, guys. And thanks for I, letting me rant on the Bengals for I three minutes. I cannot believe how long you just did that for. I, 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 there was a point in that this, where all of us, I feel like we're looking at her. <laughs> I looked up and all of our heads were like down and... <laughs> Divas I want to apologize for suggesting that Breach should be allowed to talk about this game. Hey, let's see if Ryan Fitzpatrick talks as long as Breach does. Never a doubt on that one, you know. We knew we had it the whole way. Uh, absolutely wild finish. Uh, great, great job by our defense in overtime stepping up and holding them a few times. And great job by our guys stepping up. Isaiah Ford made some huge catches for us there. Much better than Breach. Um, the uh, Red rifle versus the Amish rifle, man. What else could you have expected? Yeah, it Breach was, would it be was, an awesome salesman, by the way, like a door-to-door salesman, because you could. He doesn't care what you're doing. He's just going to plow through his speech with a lot of enthusiasm. You're going to buy a vacuum cleaner whether you want to or not. No, then the best part in the end, he's like, and then they lost. Very right. <laughs> <laughs> the great. lead. <laughs> they did lose, and a fun pack for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't just do Bengal stuff. Fitzpatrick threw for 419 yards and four touchdowns. The fourth time in his career that he's thrown for four touchdowns and more than 400 yards. That is more than Tom Brady has done that and tied with Aaron Rodgers. What are you going to do with your $800 winnings? Uh, well, I need Dan Bailey, the Vikings kicker, not to score 52 points on Monday night. <laughs> so I'm not, like not, not going to spend it yet. And uh, don't I know. end up. I know one thing you can spend a portion of it on. A chair? It's Trubisky stickers. Yeah, you have to send those to me. That wasn't part of the deal. 
I tend to agree with Shaw. I breached there. You know what? I will happily front that if you're right, wearing right, a look, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, anyway, the Bengals secured the number one overall pick. Devontae Parker, did I mention, went over 111 yards. What is our ty- total count now, by the way? I thought we were trying to wrap things up. It's a lot to a little. And to back up Brenton, I also had Devontae Parker on my game-winning fantasy roster, and I picked him up. Booyah! Because Brenton was so staunchly supporting him, uh, and I've been carrying him since like week two. I should. I will it. happily take eighty dollars in, please. I'll give you six. Okay, eight dollars is fine. One thousand sixty-five yards for Mister Parker on the season, and uh, Mister Watkins. I want those eleven is, rushing yards. How many did you say? How many yards do you have catch receiving on uh, Sunday? Eleven. Twenty something, twenty eight. Good memory, Ryan. All right, let's say let's carry the one. Did you give me those eleven rushing yards? And add the rushing yards, six hundred seventy six. Oh, he's, he's still on it. By the way, I mentioned this, and no one responded. <laughs> so if he, if he if he can get four hundred fifty of those Andy Dalton twelve thousand passing yards in week sixteen, week seventeen, he needs a Dan Bailey type performance in week seventeen. As um, well. So Redskins Giants were the other game. Uh, Devontae Parker t- missed the onside kick, by the way. That's a minus 1,000 yards. Okay. Agreed. Problem. You have to right, subtract every single yard the Bengals gained after that point from his total. I was that many. <laughs> and he's, he, uh, we did the math, and he's still ahead by 700. <laughs> All right, Redskins-Giants. Uh, Redskins-Giants. This is a crazy game. Dwayne Haskins actually left the game. Uh, I don't know whether he'll play or not. The Redskins are 10.5-point dogs to the uh, to the Giants in Week 17. It doesn't really matter. I still think they'll cover with Case Keenum – or to the, to the uh, Cowboys, excuse me, to Case Keenum. Um, I, I really think that the Redskins – Got enough from Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin and Steven Sims and Darius Geis down the stretch. I know Geis is hurt, but like, you can kind of feel like you can. I mean, if Dan Snyder would get rid of Bruce Allen, he could sell a coach on coming in here. Well, that's all you got to do? No problem. They need a left tackle, too, by the way. Um, yeah, they do need a left tackle. Trent Brown's a problem. But I mean, like, they, they have they have a lot of pieces on that Trent offense. Trent Williams, yeah. Trent Williams, I said Trent Brown, yeah. I mean, like, the Redskins don't have to be a five-win team. Like, if you bring in somebody who can, they don't they, have. They have a lot of holes, man. Sure, um, but like they're they not don't have as, any tight ends. They made Daniel Jones look like Peyton Manning. So yeah, they got Josh Norman is is a disaster. They have no defensive back. Josh Norman's getting cut. You still got to find a replacement. Landon Collins, eighty million dollars. That's a problem. They got. I mean, look, Dwayne Haskins has been a pleasant surprise, and Scary Terry's awesome. We all agree on that. But beyond that, I don't know, man. They're a bad football team. Okay. Um, what do you think the uh, top of the draft is going to look like as we stand right now, Ryan? Who's got where are the picks at? I know you were doing the beautiful mind thing with the draft order and as, constantly as John, evolving and changing your mock draft. As John so gleefully pointed out moments ago, the Bengals have locked up the number one pick, so I don't think there's a way they can somehow get out of that. They We'll, we'll wait and see, but they have it. Number no, two, they, the Redskins. They, they officially have it. I'm just kidding. Like they, only the Bengals could find a way to, to somehow not have it. Uh, the Redskins are number two. If the Giants had lost a game, like uh, any self-respecting Giants uh, fan had hoped, they would have the number two pick. So Chase Young is presumably going to Washington for now. Here's the thing: the Lions are so bad. And I tweeted this out. I'll look up the tweet in a second. But they have the third pick, and they could end up with the second pick as three, eleven, and one if the Redskins win and the and the Giants win. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, they're a bad, bad football team. And I tweeted this out before the actual, before the Giants actually ended up losing to, uh, excuse me, the, the Lions ended up losing to, to the, um, Broncos today. 
and I said Detroit would have the number three pick in the draft into the final week of the season. During my guy Jim Caldwell's tenure, 2014-2017, the Lions won 11, 7, 9, and 9 games. They picked 28th, 16th, 21st, and 20th. They picked 8th last year, took TJ Hawkinson, and right now they have the third pick. But, you know, Bob Quinn and Pat Mapatrish are coming back because I don't know why. <laughs> um, Joe Burrow one, Chase Young two. Where do we go from there? Uh, Detroit, they need help with the long defensive line. So I had them taking Derek Brown at Auburn, who's, who's a really good defensive uh, lineman, the best in the class. Uh, the Giants have the number four pick. You would imagine they would take an offensive lineman, presumably an offensive tackle, to help Daniel Jones. And then also worth noting, the Dolphins have the number five pick now. So they were – Taking for Tua for the first half of the season, they got red hot. They're now four and eleven, so they have the number five pick, and the uh, two other draft picks they got uh, through trades. Number nineteen they have, which is the Steelers pick, and number twenty-five. So you know we talk about it every week. Are you replacing Laramie Tunzel, Minkah Fitzpatrick, and running the quarterback with those three picks? I don't know if you are, but they have a ton of picks um, in the first few rounds, so they they have an opportunity to do that. I think, and I don't think it's up for debate, but I think they are much, much, much better shape. Than the Redskins, who we were just talking about, even though the Redskins appear to have a quarterback. All right, I think there's Broncos Lions. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't watch a minute of this game. I watched a little bit of the fourth quarter, and um, Drew Lock looked good. The Lions stink. Devon, was, uh, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It was much more. Um, I think there was even a question someone asked him about it. Like he was much more, for lack of a better term, like game manager Drew Lock, and less like gunslinger Drew Lock, but. He actually looked pretty good in that role, and he wasn't throwing crazy interceptable passes. And no interceptions. I, I think um, he completed a good number of his passes. Uh, threw for over 200 yards, I believe. And he, as, as Sean said, he was very efficient, and that's all you want. He's exceeded all expectations. I feel like, and um, well, if I were he's to only br- played a few games, but yeah, right. But I, I mean, I thought when they because they waited so long. I know he was hurt, but they still it took so long, and he fell to the second round when you know at the beginning of draft season he was a potential first round pick. That yeah. I felt like expectations were so low that he's exceeded them in my mind in, well, in limited and, time. And Vic Fangio basically he called him a pitcher before the year. He was like, <laughs> yeah. he's like a he was like he needs to learn how to play quarterback. I think was yeah. like the quote. I think and, the biggest uh, strike against him to continue the metaphor is that John Elway liked him. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh boy, I, this guy must be terrible. I mean, I tend to think that um, again, like you know, talking about the Redskins. I'm just saying, like you're just trying to sell hope at this point in the season, like mm-hmm. Drew Locke. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, you know, they have younger pieces that you know, they beefed up the offensive line. I mean, there, there's, you know, uh, there's some pieces there. So, defense isn't bad. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose Chris Harris and more than likely, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, he didn't three sign, did he? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like maybe they bring him back, probably losing Derek Wolf or Chris Harris, but I mean, there's a lot of pieces there. This game, you, there were good games on TV. You should not have watched this game. Lions were up 10 nothing. Falcons 24, Jags 12. How the F did this game go under? The Falcons scored 14 points in five minutes. Before the Jaguars ran a play. <laughs> yeah, they scored 14 points before the Jaguars ran a play. And they scored 10 points the rest of the game. Jaguars scored 12. That was a beating for me early on. I had the, the Falcons team total over at 27 and a half, I think. Um, Devonta Freeman, 24 fantasy points. He was awesome. Great for DFS. The Falcons covered seven and a half in the under 48 hit. And, uh, there are now reports, there were reports before the game that Doug Marone and Dan Quinn might get them, might keep their jobs. Which would be more offensive to you, Doug Marone or Dan Quinn? Oh, that's easy. I mean, Dan Quinn's actually, they're six and nine, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a week ago, you're like, they're on fire. <laughs> and they just won again. 
<laughs> and they're going to finish second in the division if they beat the Buccaneers uh, next week in Week 17. Brenton, you just want to do a layup and hit your head on the backboard and knock yourself out. I mean, you just keep talking about this team. You're like, this team's on fire. They're three games under 500. They're 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 six and nine. They were <laughs> terrible the first half of the season. Compared to the Jaguars, they're they're like a Super Bowl team. They just beat the um, who they beat last week? That was uh, the 49ers. I mean, come on. It's a huge stretch, but sure. Not a huge stretch, like like that. And the thing is, Dan Quinn and the Falcons, and I know this wasn't a divisional game, but they always do well in the division. Since 2016, they're 17-7, and seven, and I'm sure that's what he's going to go up to Arthur Blank. Look, I can win games in this division. I'm always winning games in this division. They might go 7-9 and nine this year, but they're going to go 4-2 and two in the division if they win in Week 17. Uh, and you mean, know what else, Joe? What else? Dan Quinn coached William and Mary. There Damn. you go. That's enough. That alone, he, he still get. hasn't. He still hasn't beaten a... Freaking AFC teams is 2017. Like AFC, he plays. He in just AFC? beat an AFC team. Who did he beat? Oh boy, the Jags. Oh, the Jags. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was his first win since 2017. <laughs> Who did he beat? You're an awesome lawyer, by the way. Can you imagine this guy defending you in the court of law? <laughs> I'm a bird lawyer. No, I, I was. I I was looking at PFR and I was like, San Fran, Carolina. You know, it's annoying. That I wish PFR would update like after the games. I know it's their fault. It's like no, the next morning, like you can't you can't check stats from like immediate stats. I know you have to go. You there. gotta wait the next day. Yeah, it's annoying. For instance, you know what you know what's funny about you saying that though is that it's wrong. Jacksonville, last, Jacksonville has lost seven straight games to NFC teams. So Marone is equally bad, except he lost this game, so his streak is still going. So fire him. If I had to fire one of those guys, it'd be Marone. No, I'm I'm the mean, only I'm just def- looking for an angle. I agree with you guys. The only defense I will give Marone over. Um, Quinn is that uh, one of them has a quarterback, the other one doesn't really have one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That is not a defense. They brought in Nick Foles for forty billion dollars. I don't think that Doug did. Marone made that call. Yeah. So Prisco talked about this at the halftime show on uh, Sunday, Verizon halftime show on uh, CBS Sports HQ, and he was like, "I was like, dude, I was like, I mean, like this front office and this coaching staff extended mortals, and then they brought in Doug Foles. He's like, I know for a fact." None of them did that. And Doug Marone has never been able to coach a team because Tom Coughlin's been on the sidelines with a whistle the entire time. It's like, well, I mean, that's okay. But I don't think getting rid of Tom Coughlin is going to make Doug Marone a magically incredible coach. Like, I just think it's crazy that the Jags are like, okay, this is working out. Let's just see how it goes one more year. Like, you got to blow this whole thing up. I'm trying to think. Like, um, Shad Khan owns Fulham, Fulham Football Club. They got relegated. Maybe he's not a good like sports owner guy. Does he own any other sports teams, Sean? I don't think so. No, just the he only has two professional sports teams. I think he owns a stadium and, and You're not and, allowed to own multiple professional sports teams in, in America. In the no, I know, but I mean other other sports franchises. I think he owns does he own Wembley Stadium? Either the point is like his sports franchise. If he tried to buy it, they wouldn't let him. Okay. They're not doing well. And it's weird like when and sort of the Dan the Dan Snyder thing. You do well in business, and then you come to sports. Jerry Jones, to an extent, after you got rid of Jimmy Johnson, doesn't always translate. Um, okay. Colts, Panthers. I hope you didn't watch much of this either, because this was. I watched two of the Wilgert or two interceptions. I saw the, the two low lights of those. Yeah. Chuck it, Chuck it, uh, Chuck it, blanket. Chuck it. I didn't watch this game. Um, look, I don't. I don't know that he's that much worse than Kyle Allen. I mean, well, he's only played one game. He hasn't played all year. We just talked about Drew um, Locke not playing at all and being a pleasant surprise. It's not 
unusual that a guy who has been taking scout team snaps for 15 I, weeks. Sucks. I think I think the question that will be asked. By the way, the, the Panthers gave up two return touchdowns to Naheem Hines. Not good. Yeah, you should be happy about that. Yeah, former C State guy, um, Garner, North Carolina guy too. I just think there. I think like I do a local radio spot in Raleigh on Mondays, and I think on um, today the question is going to be, why do we wait until week 16 to see Will Greer? Like why why not try him out in week 13 when you're when you when when the season's toast and just see what he's got. And give him the Drew Locke treatment. And I think it's a fair question. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that the coaching staff believed in Kyle Allen. They thought they could get something to work. But, I mean, clearly it didn't work out. And I mean, Greer, Greer – but, like, the other point would be, like, yes, like he's going against a Colts defense that doesn't do a whole lot in terms of exotic looks. And he couldn't do much of anything. It's, it's just you're not going to be good in that position, I don't think, uh, with that offense. What do you mean? Like – Hit Christian McCaffrey. I know um, DJ Moore was hurt. He had a concussion, right? Yes. Okay, Greg Olson, Jarius Wright, Curtis Samuel, Chris Hogan. Did you see Jarius Wright and Chris Hogan? <laughs> I'm just reading down the names of potential hey, receivers. One played the cross, man. Yeah. I mean, the I, offensive line isn't very good, and Will Greer's a, a rookie quarterback. Like and that's what I was going to say, Brinson. In this game, at least, like, what do you think Kyle Allen would have done here? Greer got sacked five times. The offensive line was trash. Allen probably would have thrown as many picks. I don't think he would have been much better. It, look, I've been watching. So, like, I have my setup with my three TVs, and the Panther, the TV with the Panthers, because the HD antenna is always on my left. And I'll flick, like, you know, I'll flick back and forth and watch the Panthers. The last few weeks – I didn't notice anything discernibly different. I will say that I thought that Greer's the ball comes off of Greer's like he's got a little more spin, a little more velocity. He can throw the ball better than Kyle Allen can, especially deep. But he's obviously more willing to take chances, and I think that's sort of where they were. They believed that they wrongly, obviously, that they could win with defense and running the ball, and a guy who didn't turn it over. And they didn't think Greer could be that guy. And it just you know. no, that's fair. I mean, Kyle Allen didn't turn the ball over early on, and then he just went crazy. He took some interception pills or something. Yeah. But um, I do think it's fair to ask when it was clear that this season was over, which I think was a few weeks ago, why not put Will Gray out there just to see what happens? Sure. Uh, by the way, Chris McCaffrey needs 67 receiving yards to join Marshall Falk, 99, Roger Craig, 85 on the 1,000-1,000 list. I will guarantee you that they get him a 67 receiving yards next week to get him on there. I'll give a shout-out to Naheem Hines, who had two punt return touchdowns. And fun fact, first time that a player in a game has had two-punt return touchdowns. It's 2012, so it's been seven years since any NFL player has done that. Uh, Darius Renaud for the Titans. And it was in week 17, and he's playing in Jacksonville. Sean's not sure if he believes you. (laughs) Does it sound made up? Well, I was just like, I I honestly assumed it might have been like Devin Hester or something. So you said a guy whose name started with a D, so I thought it was going to be that, but. And those were the only two punt return touchdowns of his career. And one other thing that we talked about a little bit earlier is the Colts have an interesting – they can play an interesting role even though they're eliminated, is that if they win next week, that's the only way the Raiders can get the playoffs. And the one thing I forgot to mention is that if the Steelers and Titans both lose and finish 8-8, the Steelers can get to the playoffs if the Colts win. So if if the Colts, Titans, and Steelers finish all 8-8, the Steelers get in – but if only the Titans and Steelers finish 8-8, eight eight, then the Titans get in. What happens if the Steelers and Titans tie? Ryan, I don't do ties. That's, that's over my pay grade. Steelers 
Wait, wait, tie like eight, eight, seven, and one. Did you guys what if the Steelers and Titans tie? They don't play each other. No, they both tie their games. I figured it out, Ryan. Thank I you. was able to use deductive reasoning to get to there. <laughs> I got you there, Wilson. They're not playing each other, you dummy. <laughs> I think it would, the, it would be the same thing as if they both finished eight. Right, that's the exact same thing if they both lost, you dummy. I love how like he makes a mistake and then he just piggybacks on what someone else says. <laughs> well, you're, like, you're like, what if they finish with the same record? You're like, well, what if they tie? They both win. They both lose. They're different possible scenarios. Numb nuts. I can't hear you. What? That's, can't that's hear true. you. That's true. Ryan, huh? can't hear you. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing. Hostile. Um, do you think that? What time do you think Sean is going to go to bed tonight? He's not. He says he's got to watch all his little weird shows. And got to watch Mr. Robot. Imagine then... thinking. Imagine thinking you have to stay up and watch Mr. Robot. By the way, the Titans <laughs> would get in with if they both tie. Um, Thank imagine you. Think, imagine thinking you have to stay up for two hours right now. To watch Mr. Robot instead of just watching at your parents' house tomorrow. I don't want to have that whole drive thinking about what happened. This is the series finale. I would not. This is like my top five show of all time. Why would I skip the series finale? If Game of Thrones. Get on the iPad while you drive. Just listen to it. Yeah, this is like when Brinson was telling me that our entire fantasy league baseball at CBS was telling me the draft while I drove to Vegas in spring <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> they were all they're, you pulled over and drafted. Adam Azer was like. Uh, it's actually really easy if you pull up the app. And it's like, Adam, you live in New York and you have, you're married with a child. Are you driving around drafting on like your phone, you maniac? Uh, you ended up drafting for me. I would like because I told you who I wanted. I do draft and drive though. I don't. That right. sounds crazy. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But you just gotta like get one arm up against the steering wheel and then like oh, press. God, the this is terrible. That, that's yeah. a felony in Tennessee. That's yeah, probably legal in North Carolina too. <laughs> I think so. Catch first though. Is that all the games? That's it. Podcast was an hour and 45 minutes. What? So okay. people don't know when we recorded this. We were hoping to finish at 1245. It is 123. <laughs> Classic pick six faction. Yep. We'll, we'll have to cut oh. down on the Bengals talk next week. Sorry, guys. No more 12-minute rants from Breach about Andy Dalton playing I mean, great and then I'm losing. Yeah, we're going to get through the Bengals in 15 seconds and Breach. <laughs> and then... He was literally reading like the game cast, I swear. He's like, so then Andy Dalton scrambled out of bounds, left left hand for two yards. Zach and Taylor called then, the time out. And then my chair, my third leg of my chair broke at that point. Just think about how annoyed you're going to be with me in April when all we're talking about is the Bengals because they have the number one overall pick. And we're really having our draft podcast. You can look up and it was just like all three of us are just on our phones. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. Great show as always. We'll be back uh, tonight for a Monday night recap. And make sure to check your feed for the JLC, Jonathan Jones. Uh, oh, excuse me, JLC and Dubin podcast. Talk to you guys later. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.